three. We're good. There we go. Welcome to Donna Mantis, a variety podcast. You can find us online at www.donnamantis.com and also on Twitter at Donna Mantis. Joe, what's going on tonight? Uh, not a whole lot. How are you? Uh, man, I got some bad news. I was going through some of our newer episodes. Mm-hmm. We've been cussing a lot. Oh, has it, has like it escalated? A, yeah, a lot more than the beginning episodes. Oh, man. Yeah, so Potty I mouth. think, I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to go back in and do some editing um, in in our old episodes and get oh, rid of no. some of these bad words. Okay. Yeah. All right. I hate yeah. to hear that. Well, um, okay, but how about for, how about, okay, if we have to do it, and for future reference as well, uh, give me a word. Like, what 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 particular words have we been using a lot that we need to fix? Well, I mean, I'll have to start on this this little okay. recording right here, but the shit. We use shit a lot. Okay, here's a fix. Ready? Okay. Um, we'll just say it like S-C-H-I-T. You, you know, like Schwartz or something like that? Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Say that again. Shit. See the difference? Hear the difference? Shit. I put a C in there. Problem solved. Yeah, that's quite subtle, but uh, it'll hmm. work, man. Next, next word, no problem. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, asshole. We say asshole twelve times an episode. I counted it on a clicker the other day. Okay. I mean, we just continuously say that. I don't know if we, I don't know what we need to do about that. Okay. Well, we'll we'll say like W H O L E hole, like the whole asshole. Yeah, but you you know how reading and writing works right i mean yep. sometimes just because it's written different doesn't mean you say it different Whole. can't you hear that asshole never yep. mind that i'm not even changing the curse word but asshole get it right. next word yeah. we're, we're we're good we're golden we'll, well say it that way the now. kicker it hasn't happened very many times but the f word i mean yeah we've been hitting that one just every once in a while the other day i got mad about something and i i nailed it out so i threw it out there uh, it, I'm not comfortable with it. I mean, we're going to have to, I might have to go back and bleep all of those or something. I'm going to have to go back and edit these episodes because okay. <clears throat> okay. it's, it's just too much, man. Okay. Okay. We'll say it like this. And for future reference, uh, P H U C K fuh. Hear it? Fuh. You hear the difference? Yeah, but, but I'm mm. going to, I'm going to do it. And you guess which one. Okay. Fuh. Which one did I yeah, do? That's F that's the F U C K. Uh, no, I, uh, well, I mean. Yes and no because it's the same. It's just, those are all no shit asshole f. No no no. Uh, listen listen. That's listen. all the same. Man. Listen, I'm gonna say a word that starts with f, and then I'm gonna say a word that starts with ph. And if you don't clearly hear the difference, I'll eat my hat. Are you ready? <laughs> First the f the f word friends. Okay. Did you hear how it started with an f? Short sharp f friends. Okay. Now listen. Phone. Yeah, ph. Yeah, but if you can't hear the difference in that, my friend, then I don't know what we're doing. Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. Let me let me put it to you this way. Fuck. Let me put it to you this way. Okay. Okay. Right now, about the subject, yes. you are being a fuckin, right? Yes. Yes. You're mm-hmm. you're you're ste- you're smelling what I'm stepping in. Yeah. You're being a fuckin asshole uh-huh. piece of shit. Did that work? That worked. That's perfect. Problem solved. Oh, eat crow. How's that crow taste over there? We'll be right back with episode 93, the Sterling Hall bombings. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. 
that two brave uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of mantis. Lipschitz. That was his name on Rugrats? Rugrats. There was a professor or Dr. Lipschitz. Yeah, I swear to, swear to God. Golly, I missed that one. Yeah. That was a weird show because it was about babies and they had like a long time unsupervised. So long. And they would just like, I mean, I know some of it was there, they were in their imagination, but yeah. those kids would be out in the backyard by themselves and all kinds of stuff and angelica was a little sociopath oh yeah she was tell me tell me she didn't grow up to destroy somebody's well life. they did a movie later like the rugrats all growed up or something that's what Ooh, it was gross called. really yeah i didn't watch it but uh, you know i want to remember chucky how he was oh old chucky yeah I, I think i think i see a lot of myself in chucky uh, is that that? Uh, He's the ginger one with the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Can you do the voice? It's kind. He's kind of no. like sniffly. He's kind of like yeah. And then, I, then there was Phil and Lil. Phil yeah. and Lil. Oh, they were like twins. Yeah, but one was a boy, one was a girl. Yeah, and then there was Tommy Pickles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, he was kind of the protagonist. Yeah. And and, then, and Angelica was the antagonist. She was the antagonist, of course. She was evil. Yeah, but they they still I do remember some sweet times. Like that was kind of where the show it would kind of snap back. You know, like she would go pretty far and then she'd feel bad for going too far. Do you remember those? Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, I kind of remember those. Yeah. yeah but yeah. after she grows up, maybe she doesn't feel bad anymore and she kills that little mother <laughs> blanker. PH, you can say it. We just went through this. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's clear as mud. Yeah. Uh, that was that was for the, the censors, which we don't have censors in podcasts. No, nah, man. Which makes it the best thing ever. This is the Wild West, the open frontier, pirate radio, bitches. I want to know if some rich person somewhere heard something on a podcast and, and like called somebody's like, yeah, uh, we need to pull the plug on this. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's like this thing. And they start naming a podcast. Yeah. And he has some lawyer that's like, well, uh, we can't because they're independent. No, no, no. Just find out what network they work for. And let's pull the plug on these little suckers. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't know. I hope that conversation's happened. I think I listen to them on iTunes. Let's call iTunes. Yeah. Call iTunes up. And have them pull those boys. It's like, well, we can't call iTunes, sir. Nope. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. There was a time that something happened, and I forgot exactly what was it. It was some celebrity, some stupid celebrity. They something, some kind of thing went out on the internet of them doing something stupid, and they like said that needs to be taken down. So we're gonna get a hold of the internet people and get that taken down. It's like, yeah, you don't really understand the internet. I know there was one of Beyonce that 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 screenshot. She's like in the middle of a dance, and it is not flattering at all. It's, oh it's, yeah, it's a pretty popular meme. Yeah. I know she was flipping out about that, and uh, yeah, that I'm. Well, actually, I'm probably telling the tale that's happened numerous times. Yeah, and then I think. Uh, I mean, uh, sometimes I guess if it's if it's if it's some kind of sex tape, I mean, I think that can be taken down because lawyers will keep on suing until that happens. But. Yeah, but if it's like David Hasselhoff in the floor eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> Yeah, remember that one? No, I don't remember that. Oh, he's drunk off his ass. Oh, yeah. And his daughter filmed it. His daughter's the one. Like, she got him, like, a Big Mac or something. 
What is it? And and they filmed it, and and yeah. he was embarrassed by it. And he did he did he say something like that? He wanted it taken down. Yes, from what I remember, it's been several years ago. I think, sure. I think the Hoff has made a comeback since then. But well, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. He's he's. I guess he's okay. I mean, I liked him when I was a kid. Knight Rider, obviously, obviously. But uh, it's weird. Other countries, they they love that guy. Germany, especially. Yeah. Norm McDonald said they love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Germans love David Hasselhoff. Yeah, they do. And I, I really don't get it. They, I guess he just has uh, some type of swag that they like. Can we look up a song right now? I Look, I am. Look at my face. I am being 1000% honest. Look up. Man, Dave- you're the boy that cried. This is a good <laughs> song because you've done this to me before. You've said, you did this with that one one guy. You, uh, uh, De, uh, um, Corey Corey Feldman. Feldman yeah. yeah, I was you, serious. No, you weren't. Oh, I was serious about the Feld. Come on now, look up David Hasselhoff, True Survivor. This song is bad to the mother effing bone. Man, I'm I'm so skeptical. No, I love it. Now listen, anyone listening, look up David Hasselhoff, <sighs> True Survivor, and if you can, watch the video because the video is. Oh my! It'll change your life. It'll change your uh, life. Really get the volume up because on our last episode we played we played something off the interwebs and it was kind of quiet. Okay. Get that fuck. Oh, almost. I said pH. I was going to say pH. Get that volume up. No, I, I know you said pH. <laughs> this is. Uh, can we can we get away with playing a few seconds of this? We can. I think I've always heard we could skip ahead because they do a little thing where they talk and it doesn't matter. It oh, does. a skit like most awesome music videos yes. start with a skit. Yes, which this this as this one does. This song will get stuck in your head. It is a legitimately badass song. That could be a bad thing. Oh, Look at him. Lamborghini. Look at him. It's so 80s. He's got a mullet. He's wearing fingerless gloves doing karate by a white Lamborghini. It's the most goddamn 80s thing I've ever seen. He's so, got a jacket that says King Fury. Kung Fury. It's a movie. Oh, Kung Fury. Okay, let's listen. Let's listen. There's no surrender. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Wait till the chorus, if we can play it that long. We might have to skip. Okay. Is is that Hitler? That was Hitler. Oh, just wait. It shows him riding a dinosaur here in a minute. All the greats put Hitler in their music video. (laughs) You got to watch it to know. That's a power glove, by the way. Yeah, power glove. Okay, here comes the chorus. I'm going to shut up. Here we are. Tell me that's not badass. Action! If we're gonna take a love away from here. It's a freaking awesome song. David Hasselhoff, baby. What's the episode about tonight, Joe? <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. No worries. Tonight we're gonna hey, be- hey, hey. I'd love it if you love it. But I don't love it myself. But I love the fact that you love it. The fact that I hate it doesn't mess with the fact that you love it. Did so you I hear it? it? I heard it, but I, I was <laughs> I was listening, but I didn't hear it. I guess that was the line from uh, uh, "White Man Can't Jump." Oh, okay. Whenever the okay. guy he was playing Hendrix, and and uh, um, um, who was the guy? Um, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, but the Wesley other guy, Snipes. Yeah, Snipes was like, you can listen to Hendrix, but you can't hear it. And he's right. like, oh, I, can, I can hear it. He's like, no, 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 no. You're not hearing it. Yeah, right. And then he, was, it. then he was like, 
he had a white bass player and a white drummer. He said, no, he didn't. He said, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, he had one of the, Mitch Mitchell, one of the best drummers on the planet. Yeah. I, he's my he's my favorite drummer ever. Uh, that Jimmy was, a, if you've never seen, have you ever seen that movie? Uh, Yeah, but I was like, I was like six, six minutes old. I watched it a couple years ago. It really aged well. It's still a good movie, even if you're not a basketball guy. Um, it's it it's a really awesome movie. I mean, Rosie Perez. That's not Rosie Perez. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she got her start in one of her. Uh, that's one of her early movies. Okay, fantastic. Uh, uh, and all there's there's a lot of good killer lines in that. But then they get in those argument, and Woody Harrelson's like, "You would rather lose and look good than win and look bad." He's like, "What you talking about?" And he's like, "Yeah, I, I, sorry, I wasn't trying to be. I wasn't trying to do a Wesley Snipes impression." impression. I think uh, that kind of sounded like him. Yeah, but I'm what I'm trying to say is like it was really cool. Like the back and forth between the guys yeah. was was awesome. And 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 Woody Harrelson was kind of a loser, and Wesley Snipes had kind of had it together. And Wesley Snipes was trying to help him out, but he just you know just kind of kept failing. I mean he he uh, I don't know. It was just it was it was it was a really neat movie, and and there's a lot there that kind of tugs at the heartstrings. It's really well done. I, I thought it was a fantastic movie. And it's true. <clears throat> white men can't jump. But you know what we can do? <laughs> Middle-aged white men lead the pack in suicide. Oh, yeah. And serial killers. Oh, yeah, they do. For so sure. that's something we can do. They can. White men can slice. We can We can kill uh, yeah. either ourselves or other people. So yeah. hooray for us. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just. I have, I have heard that before. I stumbled upon an article today. Uh, oddly enough. Samuel, a guy named Samuel Little is, according to the FBI, he holds the title of most prolific serial killer in United States history. And I kind of hate that title, though. It's very rare because he is a African American gentleman. Oh, really? And a, he's an African American gentleman. Yeah, doesn't so, sound like a gentleman. No, the uh, serial killer game is kind of a, a white man's game. It's uh, and that's you know, I, are we particularly? Uh, demented yeah, in that way yeah. or something so why can't a black guy it's not fair why can't I, no I'm oh joking. he did he totally did yeah and he did it better than anyone any of the other guys so yeah. samuel little he's still around man i think he's still in uh, uh he claims i believe 90 or 93 murders and the fbi has confirmed like 60 of them so it's very strange that everybody talks about Dahmer and bundy oh wait i might know who you're talking about yeah southern california um or All like, over, man. Yeah, but I mean, did he live there? A couple of them were here in Arkansas. Oh, never mind. There's a guy. There was a guy. I forgot what his name was, but he was Southern California, a, a black guy that was really. Um, no. Do you remember that? I'm thinking of some names. Uh, Anthony Sewell, Sewell, but he wasn't in Southern California. I think he was in like Michigan. Yeah. Uh, no, hey, I man, don't know, man. I want to live in a country to where if there's a serial killer, you don't have to wonder what race it is. It could be any race. <laughs> no, now, but now, now I, I have a dream <laughs> that any race could, could accomplish that. But now when you hear serial killer, you're like, well, he's white. Yeah. Of he's a white guy. Yeah. How, you know, it's not right. We need to make some room for some, for some serial killers of color. Yeah. Let's mix I mean, it up. I don't know how you do that. I don't know if I can name a single Hispanic serial killer. Good for them. Uh, wait, yeah, you can. Who? Uh, oh, Richard Ramirez. Yeah, Ramirez. All right. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, okay. that, I, I blinked on his name, too. <laughs> but the vast majority of us, What of about them Native are... American serial killers? How uh, many of those? You know? And I mean, hey, they have, they have a reason to be a serial killer. They had everything taken from them. But still, but still, they don't sink to that level. Well, serial killers don't usually have like a... Uh, 
an actual like goal. You know, like they're not out for vengeance like Batman or something. Like they're just oh, that's killing. True. They're, yeah, they're just like killing Batman. people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm the Batman and serial killers. Oh, by the way, really quick, and we'll get to the Sterling Hall bombing. But uh, uh, Cody came by the uh, by work the other yeah. day. Yeah, Cody he, Templeton, strong man. Cody Templeton, episode like sixty something, right? 70, 60, 62. Yeah, something like that. Seventy eight. Um, <laughs> he came by and he was like, "Dude, have, Dude. You, have you seen the new Batman trailer?" And so I'm so burnt out on on superhero movies. Yeah, me too. They come out with one every 32 seconds. Yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, no, I haven't seen it, and I don't want to, and I don't care, because Jesus, God in heaven, just stop. Yeah, who's Batman now? Don't laugh. Ben Affleck. No, no. Okay, I was glad they got rid of And I'm serious. You're not going to believe me, but I'm serious. Corey Feldman. Robert Pattinson. Okay. From Twilight. Okay. And when Cody told me that, I was like... Get out of here and never talk to me again. What are you even talking about? <laughs> Nothing against Robert. He's a fine. He's a fine gentleman. Well, I mean, uh, if someone said, "Hey, do you want to be in this movie about the stupid book?" I'd be like, "No," and be like, "Do you know what it's going to pay?" It's like, "Okay, I'll do that." Me. Yeah, I'll do that. The trailer. Anyone listening, watch the trailer. I think it's called The Batman. I think that's what it's called. Okay. <clears throat> It is so. Some, it sounds like something your 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 mom would call it. Yeah. You are you oh are you watching the Batman again? Yeah. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. But that's just I'm riffing on the title. But but I'm I'm trusting you because you're uh, you're about to tell me the trailer's awesome. I think immediately I'm in love with it because uh, they're playing Nirvana, something in the way. Oh yeah. Underneath yeah. The bridge. I was just listening to that song like two mornings ago. Really? Yeah. So as yeah. soon as I hear that, I'm already like, what the, what the PH? What are you talking about? That's a really catchy, I, I was listening to it, like the bass and the and the drum runs and stuff like that. That's actually an uh, unsung Nirvana song. That's I amazing. Like, I was like, there's not a lot of distortion, if any, kind of the guitar, the little lead part is just a little tiny bit. But I think if I'm thinking of the right song. Well, it's just like him playing his acoustic and then the cello comes in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something in the way. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So immediately I'm like, well, my interest has peaked. But it, I can honestly say it looks badass. Yeah. That's awesome. It looks awesome. Like, I think I actually did. They What they've been doing with these serial, or serial killer, what they've been doing (laughs) with these, with these superhero movies, which I super appreciate. Instead of like when they first started coming out, they're I think they're like they're they're saying like, okay, what if it what if it were real? What if we could make it as real as we can? I like that, and yeah. it'd still be a superhero movie. So I think they're I think the later ones they're doing a pretty good job with that. It's not just to where uh, the the person just kicks butt and it's just over the top and it looks kind of it's real bright like a comic book. I like how they kind of toned it down and and especially they to, the batmans they and gotta stuff. humanize these guys though like it's really just a guy and you know he has like maybe a sex addiction and he's behind on his rent and he farts and it's he's just he's a human man <laughs> they need to they need to give they need to put some vulnerability to these that's guys. right yeah yeah that's why uh i uh i like superman i used to read the comics when i was a little kid but then i got older and when i was a teenager i f- hated it i was like man i made this guy too powerful I mean, they made him so powerful that later on they had to bring in kryptonite. That shows me there was a flaw in the design. But, of course, it goes all the way back to, like, the 30s. So, I mean, 
I can't, you know. Well, you know, and something else that would lend a change to our reading literature would be the uh, the advent of puberty in our lives. <laughs> that could have something to do with us reading, well, switching true. from Batman to Penthouse. You know, we used to see Batman save the city, but now we want to see Joni show her titties. Well, I still did comic books when I was a young teenager, but uh, I, I like I, I was despising Batman, you know. I got into the Marvel stuff and X-Men and stuff like that. And I kind of liked, I really liked the X-Men tale of, you know, people fear them, so they actually are kind of like racist against the mutants. I think that's kind of a cool storyline, you know. And then Magneto is so powerful, he's like, well, if the people fear us, let them fear us because we're going to take them out, you know. We're, we're more powerful than them because his family got taken away in, in the concentration camps when he was a kid. So there's kind of some cool, like that's some more grown up storytelling than, hey, here's somebody coming from another planet that's just a thousand times more powerful than anyone. Yeah, you know, and I used to think like, wow, why didn't Magneto just crush everyone? Uh, Kind of the same way with Q on Star Trek, the next generation. Yeah. He's so powerful. He's almost like, God, why didn't he just crush everyone? But you know what? It's because, look, let's compare to this. Uh, every day I go out in my backyard and I sit down and uh, I pet my chickens. I love my chickens. Yeah. I don't care who knows it. I'm saying right now, my name's Joe and I love my chickens. <laughs> Joe's coming out of the chicken coop. I love them. I'll sit down in the coop and especially my babies right now. They're they're kind of like teenagers. Yeah. They're almost ready to leave the coop and go out in the yard and yeah. join the other, uh, the other gals. Are they there. giving you any chicken sass? sass? Like, uh, no, you know, they're, they're a little emotional. Kind of balking up Yeah, to you. you know, but I'm just like, get over it. You guys yeah. will grow up. But they'll jump up on my lap, and I'll feed them out of my hand. They're, they're awesome. I love my chickens. Uh, and I could snap all their necks in eight seconds if I wanted to, but I don't. You know why? Because I'm not an asshole. W-H-O-L-E. So I, so it's not that hard to think of, a, like, whoa, what if I was suddenly bestowed with all the powers of the universe? Wouldn't you just crush everyone? Well, no. Why? If you do, then you're a, you're a sociopath. Yeah, almost. and they were trying to, they're, they're trying to like, do stuff to him, and that's why he does stuff back. But, yeah, you're right. He doesn't just – and plus, there's one obvious reason why he can't because the story would be over. True. You know, it would be a short comic book. Right, it's three pages. Like, you open it up, and it's like, crush everyone. The end. Yeah, and you can't just crush them if they do something to you. Yeah. And, like, you know what? If Here's the, here's the thing that people, And the X-Men helped keep them that from happening, so they kind of figured out a way to balance that. Yeah. Most everything in, in the world has to be balanced if you think about games – I mean, if you create a good board game, it usually has a good balance. Like, you can do one thing, but then it takes away in this area. You yeah. Know? So, uh, unless you're playing Monopoly, and then uh, someone lands on all the properties and gets all the good properties, you're just kind of screwed there. No, not a lot. But but even in, even in balance, there's chance. No, I haven't played uh, I haven't played Monopoly in a Coon's Age because I've already I've already said this before on the podcast. Uh, my wife and I can't play Monopoly. We just we, we it's something that we don't do. We we know that it's not going to end well, and it's not going to be you know fruitful for our relationship. So we just don't we stay away from Monopoly. Our Monopoly game has dust on it. Yeah, there are some. Uh, if there are, I've been on a website and I've read a lot about uh, winning Monopoly Monopoly strategies, and there's some actually things that that everyone does that they shouldn't do. I can't think of any of it right now, but I remember thinking. Man, I'm going to read this right before next time I play because it's like not foolproof. It's all about roll of the dice and what you land on, but there are some strategies. Yeah, because somehow my wife just ends up destroying everybody like just like a tyrant dictator and just yeah. just ruling everybody and just making everybody her bitch. Do you guys do trades, property <laughs> trades? By the by the time it's over, 
Yes, because okay. I have nothing, and she has everything, and I land on something, and she's but, like, I mean, you owe me $12,000. But early in the... <laughs> yeah, that's hard to take. <laughs> and I'm like, I have $8. Yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> How about 8 I have uh, $8 and park pass or whatever. But I do remember called. reading one time, like, some people, if you're ever playing against somebody that's pretty good, early in the game, they'll say, hey, I'll give you Baltic Avenue for this one, and like... If they're usually pretty good, they know they have a like a gameplay and a strategy. So the answer to that to that should be no. <laughs> so you shouldn't trade with people unless you have that strategy, and then you should be the one to trade. So, but if you no. have no strategy and somebody wants to trade you, you should say no. You know what? One night when you got four hours free time, I want you to come over and I want you to play Jessica at Monopoly. Yeah. I want to see you guys play Monopoly and I want to see how that works out because I'm horrible. I'm so horrible and she just she well, just destroys I mean, me. Yeah, but you know, if you play if you play 10 times, you might lose 5 because it's really when you get late in the game, I think it's all about just the roll of the die. I mean, you if you if you when somebody gets loaded and you land on them, I mean, that's the beginning of the end because then <laughs> your power just kind of sh- fly, flies away because you have to start mortgaging things and you can't get can't get rent when you have a mortgage, which I can have a mortgage on a rent house and I can still get a payment from it. But I guess according to Monopoly. Yeah, I've literally done that. And you're about to do that. I've owned a house and owned a rent house. I've yeah. had a mortgage and yeah. rent. Yeah, anyway. Whatever, yeah. Whatever, whatever. But, but according to Monopoly, you can't. <laughs> So I don't know, uh, it. But they had to. They had to figure out back to that. They had to figure out a way to make it balance, and that was the way to balance it. Yeah. Uh, the one of the most perfectly balanced games, in my opinion, is Catan, and it's super fun. Never played. It's kind of my like, like Monopoly, but it kind of goes back a few hundred years, and basically you're building roads and settlements, and you're you're trying to get resources like wool, wood, ore, and. Uh, sheep and you can use those things to make different things they need to make that game only remake it where it's like it goes along with actual history where you're making roads and settlements and you're like oh what indigenous small group of people is this oh we'll murder them all and take the oh they have a lake that's nice we need to play it and make those references it's like oh sorry i moved in here and, and and i brought uh uh, disease that's benign to me, but it's going to wipe out your. Entire oh, you rolled a seven. You get the smallpox blankets <laughs> card. And I'm saying that I'm saying that in jest, but honestly, it was horrible. And that's the that's the point of the joke, people. Okay. Well, Fucking I mean, asshole. if someone's going to get mad, I turned into uh, what's that guy? Porky I, Pig? No, 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 not well. Yeah, but I was thinking about the guy, the Max Headroom. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but. Someone's going to get mad, but what I'd say to them is, too soon? You know, <laughs> we never joke about that. Right. Uh, anyway, let's go on to the Sterling <laughs> Hall bombing. <laughs> All right. Um, We've done this before a long time ago, but we're going to look at it again. Actually, our first episode. Our first episode. Uh, what was the guy's name again? I forgot. Uh, Leo Burt. Leo Burt. We did an episode called Where Can You on Talk Earth? Long Enough that, that I Can Pee? Sure. I'll fill I'll fill everyone in. So back in the day, probably about three years ago, we had a uh, another podcast called Where on Earth Is, and we thought that'd be super clever because every week we could change the is or the blank into the person. So we did missing persons and like wanted people for whatever reason. So our first episode was Where on Earth is Leo Burt, 
and it was this guy that allegedly, I mean, I, I, I use that term lightly because, um, obviously the guy disappeared unless, unless somebody offed him, which that, I guess that's a possibility. He had something to do with this bombing of Sterling Hall. Uh, but allegedly he did. And so we did an episode about just him, but this time we're actually going to look at the whole case and the whole entire bombing. We'll talk about him for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, uh, anyway, we still are wondering where is this guy? Uh, where does he got off be, uh, being part of a bombing and just hiding like a coward in the shadows uh, uh, somewhere? But maybe, maybe he did uh, die or something. You know, you never can tell. Um, I doubt it though. I mean, by now he might be deceased. Um, well, you know, it's a very peace. he would be. I think he would be like 72 if he were still okay, alive. Okay, so he so could he's still not, be around. He could still be around. Yeah. And another interesting thing about this, what's today's date, the 27th? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this happened in uh, August 24th, 1970. Oh, right so there. So 50 years ago. Whoa. A couple days ago, yeah. Yeah, So we, wow. we almost did this on the exact, uh, you know, wow. anniversary of this shitstorm. Yeah, yeah. Where are you, Leo? Maybe he decided, maybe he's like a podcast guy, he listens to podcasts, all of a sudden puts some headphones on. He's like, oh, no. Leo, listen oh, to no. us, buddy. If you're listening right now, turn yourself in, man. Well, yeah, turn yourself in or, or, or wait until you get some kind of news and maybe, you know, eight or 10, 12 years that, you know, you only got a few months to live. And then laying in your deathbed, Tell everything everything you have to know to somebody and let them write it down. And then after you pass away, maybe you could slip an envelope to the FBI. And then, you know, that way, that way people that are still thinking about this thing can, uh, can kind of move on. But, uh, um, better late than never. Better late than never. Yep. That's what I say. Me too. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have anything else. I'm sorry. Me too. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do this. All right. To say the political climate was volatile throughout the 60s would be a massive understatement. Y'all think it's bad right now? Take a look back in the 60s. Presidents getting shot. You know what I'm saying? Civil rights movements. People getting shot. There was a civil rights movement, which there kind of is now too, but back then it was like way crazier. Oh, get- Joe's going off script. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, it's, a, it's okay. I'm joking. I get what you're saying. Like... uh the listeners we, are like, he read one goddamn line, civil, and, then <laughs> and then he went off script again. I'm done. He, he threw the notes on the floor, and the rest of the episode, he just railed. I'm and just ranting. Rave. No, but I mean, uh, civil unrest is not is not anything new with our country. I Hell think no. Everyone knows that. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's one of the important ways to read history. I think there's a part of reading about history. There's a part that's like therapeutic because you can find some. Uh, historical empathy almost in a weird way like they went through this too yep and here's how they got through it and here's what people said about it and then if you're in a similar situation in the future uh perhaps that could help in some way yes that just yes. put your mind at ease i think i think uh just watching any show about history puts my mind at ease i mean i it, it puts me back at that time and i'm like man it could be it could be that and that sucks you know yeah so anyway and so I think the cancel culture needs to to do a little bit more uh, history. Well, they're trying to make conflict. And well, that's what I'm saying. They need to read a little more about history because from what I could see, and I've literally saw this, someone that maybe used an off-color racist remark 
1971, people will say they are Hitler. They'll compare them to Hitler. And I want to I want to yeah, say there's this. only one Hitler. Somebody was talking about that the other day on a podcast. That's what people want to do. This guy's the Hitler. Right. Obama's the new Hitler. Trump is the new Hitler. So if come you, on, there already was a Hitler. Well, th- what I'm saying is, if you were upset and used a racist slur, and 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 35 years ago, uh, and it was really the only time you did that, um, you should not be compared to a man who systematically slaughtered millions, slaughtered, killed millions of people uh, just because of their of their race or what. Uh, that's really not comparable. True. So that. I think True it's really that. funny when someone. When, you know, the cancel culture will literally call someone Hitler who has done whatever minor infraction, however not good it is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking up for that, but I am saying there's levels to this. And, sure. And someone who, like uh, uh, Bar, uh, Paula Dean, mm-hmm. like back in the 80s or 90s, had some party and it was like a themed southern like 1800s party and she had black folks there that I guess were like portraying uh servants and so mm-hmm. not not great i guess but the, the people were calling her hitler yeah so i'm like well someone who I, throws a party like that i don't think is really exactly the same as someone who murdered six million yeah. people no okay. i think Let's just, i think a more fitting thing to call her for that would be stupid instead of calling her hitler that's yes a, that's a stupid thing that's to a do. little bit of a reach that's a yeah. little bit of hitler is but yeah the, yeah what she did was stupid yeah um which i I might rather be called Hitler than stupid because, well, I don't know. I don't want to be called either, I guess. If, but if I had to pick, I don't know. But that, that was a stupid thing to do. But yeah, Hitler, I don't get it. That doesn't, yeah. doesn't, anyway, doesn't resonate. Sterling Hall bombing, we're talking about Hitler eight minutes in. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so listen, we were talking about the 60s, Sterling Hall bombing. The decade saw the assassinations of both JFK and his brother Bobby, as well as the tragic murders of important civil rights activists Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Medgar Evers. There were also countless protests against the highly unpopular Vietnam War, many of which turned violent and in some cases even deadly. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. Many had hoped that the 1970s would usher in a new era of well-needed peace and provide a break from all the turmoil, but this was not to be. In fact, quite the opposite happened. The anti-war movement was devastated when, in April of 1970, President Nixon announced that not only was he widening the war in Vietnam, but he also planned to invade the neutral country of Cambodia. Following this announcement were several days of fervent protests across the country. One of these events at Kent State University resulted in four students being killed and nine others injured when the Ohio National Guard opened fire on them. On top of this... Racial tensions were strained even further when police shot and killed two black students and injured a dozen more at Jackson State University just 11 days after the murders at Kent State. So, Neil Young, exactly. Man, that's an awesome song. Uh, Yeah, man. I know things are messed up right now and stuff, but at least college kids are not getting murdered. Sure, yeah. uh, By National Guardsmen and policemen. Do you think there almost needs to be some kind of serious struggle per generation, per, like, decade? That way the kids of that, I don't know, I don't want to ask for it, though. I'm not asking for it. But I'm just saying, like, do you think if there's no, like, major, major, major struggle that they'll almost create one? Well, listen, okay, here's the deal. I, You know, the, the George Floyd, Floyd thing, I'm not going to say that's a created one because 
I think you and I would both both agree that there are in in it's a small population of police, but I would say there's a population of police out there that that do not have any business being a police officer and, and the system kind of protects those people. Well, yeah, you don't you don't report on your own. And I've heard both sides of the George and those Floyd guys, story. Those in to me it's like that guy there like doing that and then those other guys not stopping him. Yes. I mean, can you imagine I was just thinking about this the other day. It's it's such a simple thought. And it's so simple and it's so logical that it has to be true. I mean, I can't really I'm trying to put other logic into it to like I'm trying to like take a logic fire hose to it to it and see if it <laughs> and see if it'll erode and fade away. But here's the here's the thing I'm thinking. That guy is held down for like half of that time or Eight a quarter minutes. of that time. Yeah. Let's say he's held down for half of that time and a quarter of that time. And the other cops grab the guy and they're like, Okay, that's enough. He's obviously and like maybe one cop grabs the cop and the other two cops grab the guy if he is struggling at all. Uh, I don't know enough about it, but I'm just saying like if that thing would have happened, like that thing that I'm saying, like one cop grabs the other cop and says, Hey, that's too much. Whatever his name is. None of us would know who George Floyd was. Yeah. And then those other cops grab the guy. I mean, there might be a case you might hear about it. It might be some kind of passing news story. Cop holds a gentleman down for four minutes, you know, but it, it would have just went away. Um, and it's very hard for me as a white guy to comment on this, but I like to kind of think if I was a, cause I remember how stupid I was when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. If I was an 18 year old black kid that was, you know, already life was tough for him because of whatever reason, maybe I was trying really hard, but doors were slammed in my face. Not, not literally, but figuratively. Right. Um, <clears throat> And you saw that video, the eight-minute George Floyd thing. I mean, that would be tough to take. Yeah. Not that I, not that I'm condoning any violence in, on the other side, but that's only a small percentage of people doing that anyway. Uh, and to me, that's not a protester anymore. So don't say there's protesters looting. It's like no, there's looters looting. Right. Protesters are the good ones, but yes. Yeah. I mean, I maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you agree with her. Maybe you don't. But they're not protesting at that point. Right. They're just looting. So, right, you, right. so they don't get to say they're a protester anymore. They don't get. They don't get any. Any. They don't get a soapbox for that. Well, to your original point of you know every generation needs something to rail yes. against. So just think about this, and you're exactly right. <clears throat> a few months ago, maybe eight months ago, before Corona popped up and that and and took over everything. Sure. You're right. Every generation needs something to rail against. And if times are pretty calm, they'll almost manu- they'll pick out. Okay. Yeah, like, I can agree with that. There was a time eight months ago where there was a fervent argument, or maybe a year ago, over uh, college campuses where people were not using the proper pronouns for someone. There's sure. Like, there's like 77. Sure. To me, and I'm stealing this from Rogan. I know, guys. Yeah. I, but he said it, and it rung so true with me. He's like, when you are arguing over proper pronouns for whatever gender you feel like you are that day, you have plainly, it's been too easy to get food and shelter for too long. Like, yeah. there's no, if, and that's that's human nature. If there's no other conflict or dissent, we will manufacture it. Yeah. If everything's perfect, if everything is so perfect, 
there would be a group of people going like you could be dressed in fine linens being fanned with palm tree leaves by beautiful nude women and being fed the most delicious grapes. But eventually you'd be like, these goddamn grapes have too much condensation on them. There's just too, I'm just tired of this shit. Like you, we have to have descent somewhere. Yeah. Eventually. We just have to. Well, I think it has, I, I, I've said it before. I think it goes back to when we were, you know, early humans and, and like we had something probably every day, probably a decision we had to make every day that depended on life and death. Right now, it's very rare something depends on life and death. Yeah. So I think our brains are wired for more conflict than there is. Yep. yep I don't yep. think we should create it, but I I think if if we just had to take a step back and look at humans as like, you know, from you know, not not like a judgmental thing, but just kind of a like like a hmm, I wonder type thing. I wonder if that's some of the problems that we have. It, problem that we have in in the world like you said like because we almost have to have something i get it because we're operating with the exact same brains as we were back when our days consisted of hunting for food trying not to get eaten trying not to get killed by a rival tribe and now with that same brain and instinct we get up brush our teeth go to work at pet boys and Mm -hmm. come home make dinner and and help our daughter with homework. We're doing that with the same brains as we were doing the other with back, you know, when we were just tribal and trying to survive and not get eaten and, and find protein for the day. Sure. Because I'm, if you couldn't come home and help your daughter with homework, if there, if you knew that there might be a wolf that's going to eat you, like, like your, your daughter's like, Hey, uh, can you help me with this algebra? It's like, yeah, but the, you know, the wolves are coming in again. I, I know. I just know it. <laughs> I could hear him out there howling. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm getting an F tomorrow. You're just going to have to tell her the pack came in last night. <laughs> Your teacher needs to understand. Yeah. But, well, Miss, what's her name? Miss Zorg? No, she was eaten by a wildebeest <laughs> or trampled by a wildebeest herd the other day. <laughs> I don't know. Can you imagine, like, they had everything else, but they still lived out in the wild, like, civilization, almost like the Flintstones or whatever. That'd be funny. You know they would do the things with the dinosaurs where the dinosaurs are lifting the rocks and the guy. Oh, for sure. Like they're punching out, sliding down the thing. Yeah. Going home from, I don't know, I'm just visualizing. What was, the, what was his boss's name? Mr. Uh, Slate. Slate, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that you remembered that. <laughs> That's an awesome show. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't know. I, I, well, it's prehistoric. I mean, dinosaurs and humans didn't exist together unless you're Ken Ham. I don't know. There's a, there's a, uh, a riverbank. In uh, Jerusalem, that has dinosaur prints and human footprints side by side, Ivan. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm not saying. Therefore, man existed at the same time as dinosaurs. The Earth is six thousand years old. Genesis is true. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there is this one rock called granite that's like crystallized mineral. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Um. I, I'm. I started making some. Uh, should be done in about 40 years. I, I, I have a, a, a granite recipe. <laughs> Based on the logic that the earth is 6,000 years old, my granite should be done. Hopefully, I'll live long enough to see it. But Well, there's one theory that it was made old. Like when it was created, it was created old. Mm. So it's old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we go back to the notes? <laughs> to be created old, it has to be old. It's like Benjamin Button. It was created old 
Except for it didn't get younger as it went. It got even older. I don't <laughs> That's know. That's the only. I don't know what did. I don't know. I don't it, know. Hey, it is a curious case. It is. It is. Of Benjamin. Button. So, all right. All this. Uh, people, try to remember where we are. Do you remember where we are, people? I love you all for listening. I love you all for sticking with us. Yeah, this is uh, the Falk Monster. Right. <laughs> oh, no, no. Sterling Hall. Sterling Hall. Sterling Hall bombing. Not a guy named Sterling Hall. Yeah, no, no. That I would be it. a nice name. I like that name. It's it's kind of classy. I might name my kid Sterling. Yeah, if Sterling I, I can't Hall. have kids. I know a kid I named Sterling. One. You do? Yeah, yeah I do. I it's, like that name. It's kind of cool. Sterling. Yeah, but you don't. You don't. You know, you got to think of the nicknames. The uh, uh, Stir. Stir. Yes, old Stir. Stir. Old stir. <laughs> yeah. So any any name when you're when you're doing that little exercise with your wife, no, not that exercise, but the naming exercise, you got to uh, you got to always say what what's their name going to be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I can't think of a bad example. Um, I can, but I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. Some anyway, shall we go on? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's like rich folks, famous people always name their kids like blanket and, and, and zipper and just these weird ass, like, of course, then you gotta think the nickname would be blanky blanky. I I like that. Zip, zippy, zip, zip, zip. Uh, I went to church when I was a little boy with a kid named Stoney. I always thought that was a cool name. Like yeah. his name was actually Stoney. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. Uh, I do know some, and, and I'm not anti it, but I do know some heavy, 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 heavy uh, marijuana users that name their kids Stoney. Oh, really? And for that reason, well, these are like I guess really churchy. I people. guess that's kind of cool. I mean, I went. I to mean, s- it's it's they're probably getting like contact buzzes or whatever. I went to school with a girl named Piper. Piper, yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. I've heard that name before. And there's another like, isn't there an actress named Piper Parabu or something like that? No. And there's like Peekaboo Street. That's a weird name. There's an airplane She's called a, a Piper. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what's what's happening? Yeah. All right, Sterling here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm four Bud Lights Woo-hoo! in, and it's it's going well. It's all working. All this death, violence, and destruction before 1970 was even half over. Needless to say, countless people felt victimized and helpless, and this climate provided a massive boost to the already rapidly growing anti-establishment movement that had a stronghold on college campuses across the nation. The escalation of the Vietnam War caused an equal escalation of anger and protest here in the U.S. Tens of thousands of kids felt like they couldn't trust their government, and many began to call for a revolution. Say oh. you want a revolution, well, you know. Hell That's yeah. a lot better than revolution number nine. Uh, number yeah. nine. Number nine. 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 Turn me on, dead man. I really tried to like that, and I really tried to like, I'm going to listen to it with some headphones on and in a great frame of mind, and I'm going to understand what John Lennon, I can't <laughs> get it. I don't know. Still love you, Johnny, but I don't get it. Well, I heard a rumor that when they wrote I Am the Walrus, they were just like, let's write the most craziest bullshit ever and see if we can make a hit song out of it. And by God, you did, the Beatles. You did. Cuckoo, 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 I am the walrus. I actually like that song. I love that song. Although most elected to try to change the social and political climate through massive resist, I'm sorry, passive resistance, such as literature, lectures, and peaceful protests, there were others, others, Ivan, who felt that more drastic measures needed to be taken. And the more kids uh, police shot or beat with their nightsticks, the more radicalized these dissents became. Dissidents, sorry. Okay. Four Bud Lights in. No, that works. Before long, four of these radicals would commit the largest terrorist attack on U.S. soil until the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. 
In the early morning hours of August 24th, 1970, almost exactly 50 years ago today, a bomb devastated Sterling Hall at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and the group of people responsible called themselves the New Year's Gang. The New Year's Gang. Yeah. We'll get into that eventually. They need a too. better name. I don't know. It's okay. I don't know. <laughs> could be worse. Uh, it could be better. <laughs> the group... <laughs> Uh, consisted of four uh, men. Okay, two of them were brothers Carl and Dwight Armstrong and friends David Fine and Leo Burt. They all lived in Madison, Wisconsin, where the Armstrong brothers were born and raised, and three of the four had attended or were currently attending, attending the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So let's start. Carl Armstrong had been admitted to the university in 1964, but dropped out a year later. He floated around Madison doing odd jobs for a couple of years until he came back to the university in the fall of 1967. On October 18th, shortly after Carl was readmitted to the university, the Dow Chem- Chemical Company were on campus. Campus. <laughs> Stick with me, people. I'm going to try that again. The Dow Chemical Company were on campus to conduct job interviews with the students. Many of the other students protested and violence between them and police ensued. Carl was witness to this spectacle and it undoubtedly helped further radicalize him. And that's one thing we're going to find with all four of these guys. They all were radicalized in some way by witnessing an event. For a lot of them, it was Kent State. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But all of them had this anti-establishment hatred, you know, this this authority hatred instilled in them when they saw police either shooting or killing, you know, protest peaceful protesting kids on on college campuses. Uh, it sounds like to me kind of some confirmation bias type stuff too though. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Well, by all accounts, the Armstrong brothers and their two sisters all had perfectly normal Midwestern childhoods. Their father, Donald, was a machinist, and Ruth, their mother, worked in a bakery. However, Carl's younger brother, Dwight, dropped out of high school in the 10th grade and followed his older brother's anti-establishment footsteps. In fact, the bombing at Sterling Hall was not the first, quote-unquote, revolutionary act attempted by the Armstrongs. Just a few months earlier, on New Year's Eve night in 1969, the brothers, along with Carl's girlfriend, stole a plane from Maury Field in Middleton. Now, Carl actually had a small amount of flight experience. So they flew the plane over the nearby Badger ammunition plant and dropped homemade explosives. However, they failed to detonate, and the group landed the plane at another airport and made good their escape. This is where the New Year's game moniker originated, Although I don't understand why they would name their uh, their group after a a mission that f- completely failed, but they did. So, well, but you uh, you know you got to start somewhere, right? So they probably just thought that was our beginning, even though it was a failure. They did successfully steal a plane, yeah, and, and land it and get away with it. So that's that's something. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. not nothing. No. Yeah. You got to give them credit i guess <laughs> gotta give them credit for doing something illegal and dangerous sure to hurt people gotta give them credit for gotta that give them credit apart from this event though uh carl had also set fire to an rotc installation at the university of wisconsin armory and gymnasium and had also attempted to plant explosives at an electrical substation that supplied power to the badger ammunition plant but that plan was foiled when he was frightened off by a night watchman 
He also set fire to the University of Wisconsin Primate Research Center, although he was under the impression that the building contained the Selective Service headquarters. Do your research before you set fire to a building. That's just lazy terrorism. Make <laughs> It really is, though. God damn. How do you not notice that the thing is a... How do you not notice that it's a primate research center? How do you not notice that the building is full of monkeys? Well, I thought you were going to say that, like, he was, like, making some kind of statement because he just watched... Oh, well, Planet guess, of the Apes? No, never mind. It wouldn't be the, it was in the eighties, never mind. I was thinking of that movie, uh, Operation X or whatever, where they're experimenting on the it's a super sad movie where the have the uh primates, they're like flying planes and stuff. <laughs> what the hell you're you talking never about? Seen, Matthew Broderick. It's a classic <laughs> movie, man. You never seen that? No. Oh, I can't believe that. We're gonna have to have a movie night and watch that. It's What's all it? it's all these chimpanzees. <laughs> And they're flying these planes. They teach them how to fly planes. <laughs> I promise it's a real movie. Don't laugh. It's super sad. Sorry. But they're but they're testing like nuclear like pilots flying in a nuclear war zone. So they're actually um, um, putting these things in like simulators, and they're actually throwing nukes at them. Do like not re- no, not throwing nukes at them, but they're actually throwing radiation at them, and they're trying to see how long these monkeys will fly. <laughs> It's seriously a real movie. Is it? Is it not a comedy? It's <laughs> these guys die, man. I, does it show the monkey in the cockpit of the plane with his yeah. helmet on? And yeah, the oh yeah. And it's like breaker, breaker, breaker. I was almost gonna go to trucker talk. Breaker, breaker, one nine. Got a rubber ducky on your back. Well, door. they don't have radios, but they're <laughs> but they're but they're flying in a little simulator. And then it, this thing, man, it's it's hard for me to talk about it. It's a messed up movie. Wait a minute. So they don't actually fly planes? Uh, it's in a simulator. Okay, it's in a simulator. I should have mentioned that. I don't know why that's... But then this thing comes up behind them, and it's almost, it looks like a denoralizer from... from uh, Oh, Men uh, in Black. Men in Black. Yeah. And it flashes. Yeah. And then it goes back down. Yeah. And, and it's then, radiation? Yeah. And then it sees how long they're going to fly in the, the... Which I'm spoiling the whole thing for you now. Go ahead. But, but the thing... That Matthew Broderick is like a, a guy. Uh, I can't remember kind of how it works, but basically his big line, like he's all against it, and his big line is, "These monkeys aren't, or monkeys, these <laughs> these chimpanzees aren't gonna um, perform the way the soldiers are because the soldiers know they're gonna die. Like they don't know they're gonna die. They just still, like you know, oh, there's a big flash. I'm gonna keep, and then they just keep flying until they died. Right. Yeah, it's like a pilot may not do that. Right. Because they know there's a big flash. I just got exposed to massive amounts of radiation. I'm probably going to die in a few minutes. But what could they do different? Just ditch the plane or something while yeah. while the monkeys would just keep flying? Huge plot hole. You just you helped me realize. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's th- almost as if a a movie about a bunch of monkeys flying planes through radiation wasn't well thought out. You know, I'm, I'm it, it actually is. Sorry. It actually is a pretty good movie. I apologize. But, but you're right. They're they're. I haven't seen it since the '80s, so there very well could be a uh, massive plot hole right there. I, I didn't even realize this weekend. This weekend, let's set up the projector in your backyard, and and I'll bring up. I'll bring a twelve pack of uh, of DLs. That's what it'll BLs think. DLs. What the hell's a DL? And uh, and uh, Bud Lights, and and we'll watch that movie. Do you want to do that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, and you will. I might cry. Eat crow. I might weep. It's actually quite sad. Okay. Um, because there's one little smart monkey that's his buddy. 
It's sad. Is his name Bubbles? No, his name was Bubbles. Is it Michael Jackson, man? Uh, I'm trying to decide if you'd cry or not. You probably wouldn't cry, but you'd probably like. I'm a pretty emotional guy. I bet I would. Uh, man, speaking of that, dude, I was balling the other day. Tuesday night, I almost texted you for like some kind of moral support. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Why didn't you, man? I was there. I because it only you. lasted like as long as the music video lasted. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, some somebody put on Facebook, which sometimes Facebook fake book is awesome. Some some guy in uh, the song Danny Boy is kind of a special song to me because uh, there's a version that um, when I was a kid we had it on projector. One of my um, special needs uncles, his name was Danny. And so there's a video that I've watched ever since I was born because it was like in 1972. I was born in 77 when this video was taken. And it's like him in the park and when he was like probably like 15 or something. And he lived in a home down in southern Arkansas or central Arkansas. Uh So it's like my grandma and my all my uncles and stuff. And they're just they used to go down to the place he lived because he's severely had a severe uh um special needs you know so they he so much so as he got older he had to move down there because he was just too violent and stuff to keep oh wow so they would go down there every once in a while take them to the park and they would just all be there and my of course my dad he's he's the youngest brother and my dad and my uncles were all grown and he was the youngest so they would go take my grandma down there which back then it took a long time to get down there you know because the you didn't have major highways you just had like two lane roads right but uh so there's a video of him like playing in the park and everyone's pushing him in the swing and my grandma always took him like cakes and pies that she knew what food he liked and uh so some i guess my dad took the song danny boy and like it he basically made that video like a music video oh dude. and it's like eight 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 uh eight millimeter projector it's like yeah whoa that's so cool and, and so they they you know, I always watched that one as a kid because we always had like family movie night. So, well, family video night. So we'd project it on the wall, like all throughout when I was a kid, you know, every once in a while we'd do that. Like once, once a year where something. you would play old family movies. Yeah. Oh, on that's the, so a, awesome. On the eight millimeter on the wall, like on the sheet. So rock. you were like Clark Griswold up in the attic. Sort of. On, but, Christmas but that's vacation. not really what it was. Really. It, it caught me off guard because somebody's like, Hey, check out the Celtic women, the four, just four of them doing Danny boy. And it with no with no music, all acapella. Oh. And you're talking about, I mean, you're a musician and any musicians out there will understand this. You should check out that video because, I mean, if you had a, t- I guarantee if you had a tuner on it, it would hit, it would peg right in the green. It would be perfect because it just, the harmonies and just a stripped down version of that song and just the way that you you've seen them right celtic women oh they're awesome yeah i mean this thing hit me like a thousand ton of bricks man because i mean it was like it made me sad it made me sad about like that's awesome like life and where i am and where i was and what's going to happen and what may not happen and what you know will happen and you know, I had like just all these thoughts and man, I was like staring, I was outside staring at the moon. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and then it's so much. So I was like, oh no, I'm in the ring doorbell right here. I'm sure my wife's going <laughs> to pull it up. And, but seriously, man, I, but you know what? Like, uh, after that, like about, you know, an hour after that, after I stabilized and I went back to my normal routine, like that felt like a weight was lifted off my chest, almost like. 
I feel like everyone should do that every once in a while. It's good for you. And when I said that's awesome, when you said that you were balling and stuff, I mean that. I, I do. What you just said is exactly true. We need that. We need that. What's the proper like a release? It is, man. You need that every once in yeah. a while. It's really true. Because I was sad, but I was also super. It was so much thankfulness. It was so much thankfulness that, like, almost so much so I couldn't handle it. Well, like, how do I, like, how do I, and you would be in the same boat. There's a lot of people listening would be in the same boat. Like, why, I had this thought. Like, how do you deserve this? Like, why do you deserve all of this? Why do you deserve, why do you deserve these kids? Why do you deserve this wife? I why think do you about that all the life? time. Like, like, I don't think I deserve that, but I, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tempt it and. You know, of course, I don't believe in stuff like that, but I'm not going to do something to tempt it. But like, it's like, oh, man, I mean, it's like it's like just a regular dude should and could be as happy as a lottery winner. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. We our society's so twisted as somebody would win the lottery and they would be on video saying, think about this. Really think about this, because I think you will even when I say this. But when they're in the in the videos and they're facing, they're like, "This is the greatest day of my life." <laughs> okay, sir, you have three kids, you have a wife, yeah. Um, you've been to your daughter's graduation, you've been to your daughter's wedding and your son's wedding, and you've seen your grandchildren be born, yeah. But you got a bunch of money, yeah. so you're good now. It's the best day of your life. <laughs> how stupid! How stupid is that statement? Yeah. yeah. That is the mo- that's the dumbest thing you could ever say. I think, I I agree, but I and the people. Well, it's going to be better for. But I, they have a little bit of money. Everything's going to be better. Well, it wasn't great for them before then. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not I true. don't know. Jim Carrey has a famous quote, or I guess it's famous, where he said, "I wish everybody could become rich and famous, so they will finally see that that doesn't bring happiness." No, yeah, yeah, and I, and just about four or five, six years ago, I think I started realizing that, like, you know, I don't want it, like. We're talking about inventions. Like I got a couple ideas for some inventions, but it's like, I thought, yeah, I could maybe try to find some kind of funding and put this thing out and I could do all this stuff. How many, oh, I remember ho- that. how I many re- hours am I going to be? Yeah. I remember how that. many hours am I going to push into this thing? And it may not even work. And if it does, and someone's like, yeah, we'll give you, you know, a half a million for your company. It's like, you'd be tempted to say, yeah, you can have it. But then there might be that like greed inside of you. It's like, this is my company. No, no, I'm not going to sell this to you. <laughs> it's like you've, you've wanted forever to be rich, but then it's like, no, I'm going to find a business partner and I'm going to grow this business myself. And it's like, what's my kid's name again? Uh, 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 Mariah. That's right. <laughs> so I won't be seeing you for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just thankful that I feel like I see things in a lot better. I don't think I have everything figured out. But I think I have perspective figured out. I think I have a lot of it figured out. Not all of it, obviously. There's there's things that you'll come across in life that'll snap you back and give you a perspective that you should have had before. And that's awesome that if you're willing to to let it happen. No, dude, I'm in the same boat as you. Sure. I feel like I've never been more clear-headed. For me, unfortunately, I'm so goddamn dim-witted and stupid. <laughs> it no, took, you're not. It took me making tremendous mistakes and almost losing everything to see how lucky I was. But mistakes tell- aren't the make of a man or a, or a woman or a person. It's, 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 I mean, do you eventually, do you eventually atone for those and figure out you're making the mistakes 
to the point to where you're like, man, I'm such an idiot. There, you're getting it. That's the smartest thing you've ever said. <laughs> you know, when you say that about yourself. Yeah. Because, man, I'm telling you, there's nothing. The happiest point of my life is now, like, I don't know. I love a full house. I love it in the evenings when everyone's home. Everyone's home from work. Oh, yeah. Everyone's home from school. Dinner's going. I hear the toddler running through the kitchen being crazy. My daughter's in there asking me a question about her civics homework. My wife is telling me about her day. That is... I, uh, I might sound like I'm just being pandering, but I swear to God, I swear to God, that is my true Zen. Yeah. Like uh, that makes me so ha- my, f- that's my time. That's yeah. Oh no, uh, no. Yeah. I feel like I was really, and some people might be like, ugh, that's all. But really, I feel like this is why I'm here. I'm here to be yeah. a dad and a husband. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. For sure. And a lot, I don't know, for some reason I feel like some people would think, oh, that's all. But to me, I'm like, what? You, that's all? What do you mean that's all? Like, that's that's huge. That's, that is that's, all. There's and no. That, that's all and that's everything. That's I mean, everything. And I, I can see if someone doesn't agree with that, I mean, may, perhaps their path is different, but they need to understand yours. This I mean, is my path. I, I want to just be here. I just feel like I just want to be here for people. I just want to be here for my daughters and for my wife. I just I, I feel like if someone came here. in here in the podcast and and we were interviewing somebody and they maybe they were like, yeah, I live by myself and I live in a van and I drive to different places to climb and kayak and fish and you know and and if they're like, oh, that's such a ama- I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I feel like you and I could could understand and say, man, that's amazing. I'm glad you found your thing. Yeah. I don't think I don't just because you have something and you, you, you feel like, um, you have like, you have everything perfect and, and it's like the way you want it doesn't mean if somebody else has a different way, you have to crap on it. It's like, right. If someone that you trust says they have all they need, I mean, and they, and it's everything's perfect. It could be a family. Maybe it couldn't be, Uh, maybe it isn't. You know, I could totally see that, too. Oh, yeah. Some people aren't built for that. They're just yeah. different. And that's okay. Yeah, that's totally okay. But for me, yeah, my entire existence, man, I don't have a lot of money. But like you said earlier, I've got my family, who's the world to me. I've got you. Uh, you know. Yeah, sure. It's like I've never been one of those guys that has like 25 friends. I'm just like, I need one great friend, and yeah. I'm golden. Yeah. No, I totally And that is that. it. You are that for me. And I, and. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my life couldn't be any better. I have my family. I have you. I have this podcast. I have a job that I thoroughly enjoy doing. Yeah, um, yeah, man. I, well, I mean, it's like look, another thing kind of kind of uh, with that. Like I said, like the person crying, they win the lottery and says it's the greatest day of their life. I mean, possibly maybe somebody says that because they have this thought like, now I have the money to where all my family can be together as much as we want. And we can have even more. I mean, we could buy like a giant lake house. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, perhaps they mean that. Yeah. And okay, but still, the greatest day of your life. I mean, you know, you're going to still have to have your family to enjoy that much. Having said that, I if I won a million dollars, I would cry. Yeah, I'd cry too. <laughs> but I would hope, I would hope I wouldn't say it's the greatest day of my life. And maybe that's just something you say when you're, uh, to be honest, or to be, to be fair, Maybe that's something you say when you're super happy and that's, you know, that's just kind of a go-to uh, sentiment when you say, it's the greatest day of my life. 
yeah, I mean, it's it ranks up there. But, I mean, uh, you got married. I mean, you asked your wife to marry you, and she said yes. I mean, uh, everyone's been on the Internet and watched some of those videos where they say no. That's uh, um, awkward. Anyway, so Joe took a short break, so I'm going to talk to you right now. Uh, I'm going to put this on the website. I've drawn a guy on my paper. I want Joe to look at it, too. Uh, do they know about the drawings that you do every single episode? I'll probably not. I draw. I, I just kind of draw it every episode, and I draw poorly, but um, it's it's straight from the heart, though. This, uh, what I was trying to draw, Joe, is a bowler. And I started drawing on his hand, and I started realizing after I drew the first finger, that's not proportional. You know, it does kind of <laughs> look like an E.T. hand. And but I wanted to draw it. I wanted I wanted to make it look like he just got rid of the ball. I can kind of see that, but it also looks like he may have just stuck his hand in shit and he's just inspecting it. You know? Oh, it's that's a little what, different. That's what I'm going with. I kind of see that. But yeah, our studio is full of little art pieces that Ivan does while we're doing podcasts. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Well, I mean, it's it's not it's not the greatest, but it's mine, you know. Speaking of artists, and you even mentioned his name before. Man, Jim Carrey is a heck of an artist. Like, really? Yeah, he draws. He's quite the the. Uh, he's not. Well, let's just say he's not a fan of Trump. <laughs> and uh, he no. he's drawn some really good. Uh, in just like it's really neat. It's just like marker and like a little bit of color. It's usually very light. I don't know what he's using. Maybe maybe watercolor. But he'll draw these things in marker, uh, and he really captures. Uh, the essence, I would say. Does he draw Trump as just like this fat little pig guy with with oversized hair and you know like the oh yeah the and, and it'll usually have a quote something that Trump says. And, oh, okay, uh, yeah. so he's a political satire artist, kind of. Yeah, and he does a good job at it. I mean, even even if uh, I'm even if you're not like far left or far right, I mean, you can just appreciate it as what it is. I'm just a spectator in this whole goddamn thing. I'm not pro Trump. I'm not pro Biden. I'm not pro shit. I'm just back here. I'm just back here watching it burn. That's all I'm doing. That's it. Uh, to me, to me, uh, and it's not a, a great thing, but uh, I'll just lay it online. Uh, Biden's a punt in until we can get something better. It's 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 like a small edge back to something a little better and then maybe even at Republican or Democrat, there's some Republicans I'd throw up there uh, next. If we can ever get back to where the Republican party is a normal party and not just cronies, they just seem like they're just suck ups now, but that's, that's probably, that's we need to make a third part a Republican. <laughs> so like you love gay people, but you, we can also have guns. Yeah. Right? And the thing that gets me off the democratic side is the abortion thing. I'm not, I'm not about that. So that's why I don't say I'm a Democrat. I don't like that side. So that, that needs to be, uh, but yeah, well, you raped or something like that. I understand. Uh, that's sort of early, early term. If you're raped, I, I get that, but I do too. Uh, but it's like, whoops. No, I don't get that. Um, but and then there's also, people but I guess are- I, I guess I'll be pro choice because, I'm not going to pretend to know enough about it to say one way or the other. No, but I do feel weird for the people. I do feel weird when people are, there are a certain group of people that are almost advocating for the abortion. Um, This is being, I'm exaggerating, but it's almost like 15 minutes before the baby's due to be delivered. I'm like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah. Wait, whoa. That's a little uh, late. That's a little late. That's a little late. That makes me feel a little weird. And then on the other side, there's people that, that almost think that there's a living being 
in like sperm almost. Oh yeah, I'm not that. No, no, no. Oh yeah, the whole Bible thing, like don't spill your seed on the ground, or the whole thing where like 15 minutes after you've conceived, they that's think it. it. They think it's a that human is, being. That's it. I can't go with that. I'm sorry. No, it's I, just I, some cells. But anyway, holy shit, what have we done? <laughs> we're just we, hey, we we didn't really go one way or the other. We were just kind of skirting around all. We're of just them. here. We're just here. Yeah. Basically, don't put all your eggs in one basket is what we always try to say. All your eggs or sperm in one basket. Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone still listening? Sure. God bless you if you are. So, uh, if you are paying attention, uh, several minutes ago we were discussing the Sterling Hall bombing that happened in 1970. Yep. We're back. At just 18 years of age, David Fine was the youngest of the group, uh, and that group being the New Year's gang. He wrote for the campus newsletter, The Daily Cardinal, which is where he met fellow writer and eventual co-conspirator Leo Burt, uh, who would in turn introduce him to the Armstrong brothers shortly before the bombing. So these guys weren't like lifelong pals or something. David Fine only met these guys weeks before the bombing. Leo Burt was 22 years old, but looked 45. Look up his FBI picture of... of really? Yes. He looks old as shit. I cannot <laughs> believe he's 22 years old in this picture. He looks like my. He looks like everyone's father-in-law. It's crazy. <laughs> he was a Catholic kid who had a pretty milquetoast childhood in Haverton, Havertown, Havertown, Pennsylvania, before coming to the University of Wisconsin-Madison to be on the varsity crew team. And I think it was like the row. It was a rowing. It was a row team. Oh, yeah. I got you. Before long, he was cut from the team, and this was when he became more involved in journalism and student politics. His anti-war sentiment ran deep, but the tipping point in radicalism came when he was beaten by a police officer while covering a protest against the recent shootings at Kent State. Is that him right there in the middle? uh, Hell no. That is, the guy in the middle is uh, Armstrong, Dwight Armstrong. Leo Burt... Did you type in Leo? Burt? Oh, I thought you said David Fine. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no. David Fine was really young at the time, and uh, oh yeah, that's him right now. But uh, yeah, right there, that's Leo Burt. Mm. So tell me, that guy looks 22. I don't think he looks 22. That guy no. don't look 22. No, he looks older. He looks like when you first started dating your girlfriend in high school, and you went over, and her dad was outside washing his Buick. He looks like that guy listening to Air Supply. Yeah, he oh. looks like that guy. <laughs> He does not look 22. You can sure paint a picture, my friend. <laughs> we're, right now, we're looking at his wanted picture, and they have the age progression, uh, which it's kind of like with this guy. It's like, did you really have to do one? Because he's already aged. You know, it's like. For sure. He's going to look the same. Yeah, he, rowing news. Oh, that's funny that it was on rowing news. Huh, that's He funny. was on the row team. Yeah. So, yeah, there's the mysterious saga of the elusive Leo Burt. Anyway, that's getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. So it says, like, so these are just photographic retouches, one with glasses, one without. Yes. So in case you in case you ever had trouble with that Superman, just, that <sighs> Superman Clark Kent thing, they did, <laughs> they did one with glasses and one without. Right. I think it's funny that at 22, he looks like that. When I was 22 years old, I looked, I looked 11 years old. I looked like a baby. It was insane. Anyway, this guy at 22, he has a, is that a soul patch? He has a little bit of a mustache. It might be a shadow, but it does kind of maybe look it's like It's either a shadow or like. Did they do like, soul patches back then? I don't know. Maybe. What's the tie? What's that guy's name that does the, the house? Like they find people and build their houses for them, and then they're like, move that bus. Ty, what's his oh, face? Oh, yeah. No, I remember that guy. It's like a little soul patch off to the side. Like I've him seen him in person. I've been 
I've I've been around him in person. I was in one of those episodes. Just oh, briefly. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, that was a long time ago. Really. Yeah. Okay. Wanted by the FBI, Leo Frederick Burt. Yes. And he looks like I don't know what would you describe this guy. Maybe a uh, he looks like your father-in-law. Father-in-law, yeah. Everyone maybe, listening, maybe your father-in-law. Maybe an accountant or a car wash attendant owner. He looks like a guy that went to high school in Massachusetts and is currently a, a into real estate. Yeah, kind of a quiet guy, but if you go to his house, he'd, he'd be like, you know, hey man, how about Heineken? Yeah, he looks, like. he looks like a guy that after a few Heinekens would finally admit to his love of like Led Zeppelin and he would he, yeah. he would go downstairs and show you his his records. Yeah, I mean maybe yeah, kind of a Zeppelin guy. <laughs> Actually that would make sense because he's in his twenties and sixty nine, so he's in his like mid twenties when or mid to late twenties right, when Zeppelin, Zeppelin was, mm-hmm, Yeah, was that would be that would be like record connoisseur. He'd buy some records. Course, in six, are, are we wait. In sixty nine no profile about this guy. We are, we're coming up with a profile. Um, Stairway's not around When they find this guy, he's going to have a bunch of records, mainly Zeppelin, a few stones, but he doesn't like the Beatles. He looks a little bit like he could be a, he looks like a little bit like he could be a, uh, a Seeger guy. Well, see, no, Seeger wasn't around in the, in the late 60s. Yeah, but he liked them later. Later he did, yes. I'm going to add that to the I'll profile. I'll stand by that, I'm yes. I'm writing Seeger Write later. Write that down, yeah, Seeger later. And, um. Smokes Marlboro Reds. No, Alan, no, no, menthol. Menthol. Menthol 100. Alan Parsons Project. Yeah, oh no, yeah, I see that. I see that. And he definitely looks like a Mr. Pip guy. He's not Dr. Pepper, he's Mr. Pip. Yeah, Mr. Pip. I he, see the Mr. Pip. He likes Pib it a little on. sweeter. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh he he probably at one time had a Ford Pinto, but uh then he traded it in for a uh a Mercury Grand Marquis. I could see that. So I can see that. Put all of that in the profile. I can see that by that grainy black and white photo. Um, I, I hope the FBI that. is actually running these and cross-referencing. If they're not, they're wasting their time. I think he has a pension for Asian girls just by looking at <laughs> his crow's feet in the age progression photo. It just I'm, looks like that. I'm actually gonna just go ahead and Google Asian girls just to. Oh no no no! Yeah, mind. go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? What what was going on the pot? We were we we were building a profile about this guy. Uh, your wife comes in. She's like, "Why are you watching that video? And why is it on repeats? Like, uh, uh, it's for the podcast. This this guy has an affinity for this. She she looks at the he screen. is a real sicko. She's like Asian schoolgirls. Yeah, what is happening? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, eighteen and up though. Oh, yeah, you can't even joke about the schoolgirl thing. I mean, college school. Yeah, that's Good what God. we meant. That's what we meant. Oh, my Lord, yes. Yeah. I don't want to end up on an episode of uh, Chris Hansen's, what was it called, To Catch a Predator? Man, <laughs> if we, if they if they caught this guy and he had any one of those things, that would be amazing. Any one of them. Of course, we just threw out a bunch of stuff. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they caught him at two or three years from now? He's 75 years old and... You know what's strange is he was in a uh, we caught him in a in a in a vintage record store and he was looking for Zeppelin four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's looking for rare pressings. And he drove a Mercury Grand Marquis. <laughs> I would shit. <laughs> Someone would be like, "Oh my god!" Did you check his internet history? <laughs> like, no, that was all clear. He didn't have any of that. Yeah, that he, was just you. Guys. He cleared all the Asian girl or Asian uh, college schoolgirl 
search history. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be funny if they just said, no, he wasn't into that. That Where'd you guys get that one? It's like, oh, well, profiles can't be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Neither can people. Neither can people. You don't judge me. Even though we judge that. But I guess we can judge somebody wanted by the FBI. We can. Thou shall not judge. That's hey, true. don't don't build a profile on that guy. That's judging him. That's profiling. <laughs> you can't profile him. That's profiling. <laughs> oh, you see some kind of lawsuit. I was profiled. <laughs> I was stereotyped. Well, you've killed 14 people. Yeah, but still. Still. Didn't kill 15. That, they said I did. I'm suing. <laughs> I'm suing for that one death. I didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> All right, sorry, Corona. There actually, there there have been lawsuits like that suing for a, you know, defamation of character. Well, I yeah, did not kill fifteen, only fourteen. Because you're found innocent, there's no case. So, the, I mean, I would imagine you think like you're in civil win court a, or something, win, win a little bit of money by doing a countersuit like defamation. Yeah, something. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of. Crime. I'm not guilty of defecation of character. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So by the summer of 1970, our four conspirators had all been radicalized and had all became acquaintances, the tie that bound them being their anti-war and anti-establishment views. The more they discussed the darkening political climate, the more they felt obligated to do something to stop it. For the yeah. arms... Go we're ahead, anti-war. We're going to drop something over... We're going to drop a bomb over a building. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know if they saw the... Um the irony in that yeah, the irony, if you're anti-violence you do that with violence but then there's a faction of people that say that you know at a certain point the only thing that you can combat violence with is violence oh hence, that's true hence yeah. war yeah if you can't beat them join them or no not not that really but uh yeah i get what you're saying yeah, yeah keep going i'm sorry no don't be don't you dare be sorry for the <laughs> sorry for the armstrong brothers the final straw was the shootings at kent state and that was for a lot of people in a later interview, Carl said, and I quote, Dwight and I were watching them cover the Kent State Massacre on the news, and I turned to him and I said, Army Math. Now, those of you listening might be like, what the hell is Army Math? What are you talking about? Well, let me tell you. The AMRC, and that's the uh, Army Math Research Center, had been a hot spot for student protests and demonstrations long before the New Year's Eve gang set their sights on it. It was an Army-funded think tank headed by J. Barkley Rosser Sr. and employed by 45 math mathematicians, 30 of which were full-time. Rosser was well-known for heading the U.S. ballistics program during World War II, and he had also contributed research on several missiles used by the U.S. military. Despite all this, publicly, Rosser downplayed the AMRC's role in military pursuits and insisted their focus was purely on mathematics. <clears throat> Now, either this was true or the AMRC was actually more involved in military projects, but wisely wanted to publicly minimize their involvement in an effort to stave off further protests. Whichever the case was, the Daily Cardinal, including Leo Burt and David Fine, that's the college, Madison, uh, University of Wisconsin, Madison, whatever, uh, student paper, the Daily Cardinal, published a damning series of articles convincingly making the case that the AMRC was pursuing research pursuant to specific U.S. Department of Defense requests and, and relevant to counterinsurgency operations in Vietnam. So they made the case that, that they were directly tied into the war effort, basically. Mm, yeah. 
This ramped up student protests dramatically with students marching around the facility yelling, U.S. out of Vietnam, smash army math, which is a funny, funny thing to yell and also helped bring <laughs> that the was a- silly. <laughs> that was just silly. It also helped bring the AMRC and the building that housed it, which was Sterling Hall, into the crosshairs of the New Year's Eve gang. Yeah. I like that. I like how you stressed that. That was awesome. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get my yeah. Out. No. Yeah. So they decided to blow up Sterling Hall, the building that housed the AMRC. On August 16th, Carl Armstrong, that is, purchased 100 gallons of fuel at a local service station. Three days later, he bought 1,700 pounds. 1,700 pounds of ammonium nitrate fertilizer at a feed store. The co-op employee who sold Carl the fertilizer warned him not to let it come into contact with any fuel because it would become dangerously explosive. But, of course, Carl knew that. That's why he's buying the goddamn stuff in the, in the first place. Okay? <laughs> Be careful of that. It's explosive. <laughs> it is. Oh, okay. I will. It is weird, though, that the guy at the co-op was like, Be careful at that. Because if you combine it with this and do this and put a stick of dynamite and do this precise thing here and do this and that, then it'll blow up. If you had somebody that you had, you were thinking cross about and you did all those thinking things. Cross and about. You did all those things and put it in their building, you might have something bad happen. That's correct. Come on in. What happened? The door just opened and a dog came in. Yeah, that was it. Come the in. The dog was by itself. He did not open that by himself. Yes. There's no way. Yeah, he did. There's no way. He did. I, there's no one else out there. There is no way. The door opened and the dog came in. That's all there is to it. There's no one else out there. He weighs three ounces. How did he do that? Yeah, but he put, those, he put those three ounces right in the right place and opened that door. That is freaking bananas. Yeah, that is right, bananas. Oh, I got to talk for a minute. So update on my drawing. Um, since Joe said that the fingers were all stretched out and looked bad, I just kind of scribbled them out. And then I thought, oh, maybe he had poop on his hand. And like Joey said, and he is, he is like, and so what I did is I, I made it look like he's mad and he's looking at his hand and in his, in his, in a thought bubble, he's saying, do duty, duty. He's got like, he's one of those guys that for some reason, shaved his hair back too far so it's kind of like a mullet sort of <laughs> and then he's got a thing on his on his arm where he was in he's in a bowling league and he's in a league called he's in a uh I get, yeah the league's called the lucky strikes I like it and it says this is a prank this is a prank comic and and there's zero thought beforehand I was just throwing it together so if it ends up being kind of funny it's going to be awesome but if it's stupid it's still kind of funny because I I'm throwing it out there it says Jerry pooped three perfectly formed turds into Jeff into Jeff's bowling ball holes, and he's like looking at his hand. So there's the completed comic. Oh my God! Jerry pooped three perfectly formed turds into Jeff's bowling ball holes. What a prank! Have you ever heard of somebody doing that? I've never heard that sentence in my life. <laughs> well, there's the first. By the way, <laughs> listen to our dogs hacking. Yep. I love that drawing. I want to go back a few minutes to a story that you were telling about uh, your uncle and when they played that song, Danny Boy. I want to. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I saw a video once that was called The Celtic Women Do Danny Boy, but it was nothing to do with music. <laughs> All right. I got that out of the way. I just Dude, thought it would be funny. Dude, uh, <laughs> you can't call back a joke that you never made. I know, right? I That's, just there's it. a rule of comedy. I'm sorry, folks. No, I'll, no, don't be sorry for that. All right, we not. can always like slice slice that and put it backward. No, it, it's fine. It's funny. It's, it's fine. But you you wouldn't make fun of the video if you if you listen to it. I'll play it. No, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. No, you're not making lambast it. You're not making fun of the video. The the it's like uh, Ricky Gervais says. You're not making the subject of that or or the target of that joke wasn't the video. Right. Correct. 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 The target of the joke is white white people, like women being promiscuous with like like some kind of three three four-way thing <laughs> that's the target not the celtic women not even the video yes and then somebody named danny boy if you don't have non-christian thoughts when you hear the the sentence oh i saw a video of three celtic women doing danny boy if you don't have impure thoughts when you hear that sentence then you're not a red-blooded american male my friend but you could tell the tone of it was serious so you're like nah wrong time <laughs> I appreciate that, but there's never a wrong time for something that you think's funny. <laughs> I love this. This is a good episode. Let's roll, man. All right. Let's roll. In the early morning hours. Keep reading. In the early morning hours of August 24th, 1970, Carl Armstrong and Leo Burt parked a Ford Econoline van that they stole from a university professor outside the doors of Sterling Hall. This was on the campus of the University of uh, Wisconsin Madison. It was uh, the one it was in it, I'm sorry, was the 100 gallons of fuel, 1700 pounds of fertilizer and some dynamite. The gang had chosen a time in which they thought the building would be empty, which was a very important part of the plan. Yes, they wanted to level Sterling Hall and the AMRC, but the political success of the statement that they were attempting to make depended on no lives being lost. They couldn't very well protest lives being lost needlessly in Vietnam by needlessly taking lives at Sterling Hall. Diesel, God damn it, I'm trying to do a podcast here, buddy. Hey, hey, hey. I love you, but you can't bark, man. You don't got no, no, you that Lord named Vane. That's Diesel, everybody. Diesel. Introducing Diesel. So David Fine was waiting with accomplice Dwight Armstrong and the yellow Chevy Corvair Dwight had borrowed from his mother, and they were waiting a few blocks away. Now, they had surveilled the building earlier and declared it to be vacant. However, when Carl and Bert pulled up, they noticed that a few of the lights were on in the rooms and the windows scattered around the building, right? This gave Carl pause. Then, according to an interview Carl gave to CBS many years later, and I quote, Leo looked at me and said, are we going to do this? I looked at the building and replied, now I think I know what war is about. And I told him to light the fuse, end quote. At this point, Leo Burt lit the fuse to the stick of dynamite and the pair took off running towards their waiting getaway car. At 3.32 a.m., as the four conspirators sped away in the Corvair, an enormous explosion shook Madison, Wisconsin, and a towering fireball rushed into the sky, illuminating the entire area for a few moments. It was so impressive that the group pulled over for a minute 
to stare in awe at what they had just done. The bomb devastated Sterling Hall, along with 26 nearby buildings, and it caused over $2 million in damages, which in today's money would be close to $13 million in damage. Pieces of the van were found as far away as three blocks from the blast site. Ironically, though, the third, fourth, and fifth floors of the southern wing that housed their intended target, the AMRC, sustained minimal damage. But this isn't the only part of the plan that failed. Unbeknownst to the group, Sterling Hall was not vacant that night. In fact, there were several people inside when the building went off. When the bomb went off, sorry. Mm. I'm one, two, three, four, five, six Bud Lights in. So Don't make my, excuses, sorry. man. You're good. You <laughs> keep rolling. Of these people that were in Sterling Hall that night was security guard Norbert Sutter who was making his rounds amongst the buildings on campus, including Sterling Hall. At about 3.30 a.m., Sutter stopped by the physics lab located in the basement of Sterling Hall. Working in the lab that night was 33-year-old postdoctoral researcher Robert Fosnott. Robert normally would have been and would not have been on the grounds at this odd hour, but he was busy completing some unfinished work so that he, his wife, Stephanie, and their three children could leave the next diesel it's not the time for that diesel hold on a minute i'm sorry guys i was really this is an important part diesel could you take the temperature of the room before you (laughs) commence to show some respect listen guys if this were a story about a pomerania bombing wherever that is is there a country called pomerania there was Yes, yeah, I promise if you look up the origin of the Pomeranian, it will say that they are from yeah, an area of Russia that used to be known as Pomerania. Yeah, see? That Next right, time buddy? we're going to talk about Chernobyl, which is close, and so. see see what if you have some... Is that something that's cherished to you, Diesel? <laughs> if if my dog could talk, he would have like a, germ, a thick German accent. <laughs> He's kind of got a uh, German bark. Please take me to inside house where I can have access to my food and water, please. Thank you. You're such a Hitler. Listen, Diesel. man. Listen, guys. Podcast audience. You've heard us talk about Diesel. Diesel is my... Uh, oh, in, yeah. We should explain. In October, so the month after next, very close to now, he'll be 13. So he's a pretty old little Pomeranian. He's my buddy. He's my He's my pal. Um, But unfortunately, something that plagues many Pomeranians in older age is something called collapsing trachea. It's our fault. It's It's, human. It's human. It's where they always feel like there's something in the throat and they do this hacking sound all the time because they think there's something, even though it's really not. Anyway, there's really not anything you can do about it um, except for just cuddle them more. (laughs) That's a proven proven method of uh, treatment. Yeah. So I'm going to redo that sentence now that he's done hacking. Okay. You done, buddy? You good? Yeah, he's good. Okay. Working in the lab that night was 33-year-old postdoctoral researcher Robert Fosnott. Robert normally would not have been on the grounds at this odd hour, but he was busy completing some unfinished work so that he and his wife Stephanie and their three children could leave the next day to go on a vacation in San Diego. Sutter chatted with Fosnott for a minute and reminded him to turn off the lights and equipment before he left. Fosnott nodded, and as Sutter was stepping back into the hall, the lab was enveloped in a blinding light and destroyed within a matter of seconds. Sutter sustained significant cuts, bruises, and burns from the blast. However, Robert Fosnott 
was killed, unfortunately, and probably instantly, so at least there's that. He was eventually found under the rubble, face down in about a foot of water. David Schuster, as I fumble with my paperwork, David Schuster and Paul Quinn, who were physics researchers, also working in Sterling Hall that night, were injured but thankfully survived. Schuster was also in the basement of Sterling Hall conducting an experiment on the particle accelerator. He was walking back to his office to search for a book when the explosion knocked him unconscious. He suffered permanent hearing loss from the blast. Unaware that their target had only sustained minimal damage and that one man had been killed and three more injured, the New Year's gang were celebrating and riding high as they fled the scene. They pulled off at a truck stop north of Madison and celebrated with a round of Coca-Colas before getting back in the Corvair to return the car to their mother as they had promised they would. On the way back, news broke over the radio that a man had been killed in the blast and the group's celebratory mood turned somber. The, the group scattered immediately. Hold on, Diesel's head again. <laughs> on what other podcast, it, we are so organic. We don't edit, people. That, We're so organic. That sounded pretty organic. You're right. <laughs> Had an organic type ring to it. If our ancient ass old Pomeranian who sleeps in here while we do the podcast wakes up and starts to hack, man, we leave it in there because that's real. That's, that's real right. life. That's right. The group scattered immediately and the Armstrong brothers fled to New York for a short time before heading across the border and ending up in Toronto. That's in Canada. The first of the gang to be captured was Carl, who was arrested on February 16th, 1972 in Toronto. The next arrest wouldn't come for another five years. And that's when Dwight was apprehended, also in Toronto. However, he hadn't been there the whole time. In fact... His time on the lamb was pretty extraordinary. He changed his name to Virgo. What a hippie thing to do. And hidden in a commune for a while before moving to Vancouver. That'd actually be a good place to hide. Vancouver? No, just in a a hippie commune. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's not a lot of, uh, you know, with outside world. Well, (laughs) not not just soap. But there's not a lot of, like, contact with the outside world. So that's... uh, it's pretty. That's a smart thing. That's true. That's true. That'd be well, a good I'm first not, I'm not give, giving the guy props, but I'm just saying. It's okay. You can be smart even if you're a dishonest killer. True. And, and you might say, well, you didn't mean to kill him. It's like, well, yeah, but what do you think happens? I mean, did you go into the building, make sure everything uh, was all clear before you bombed it? I mean, you could have, I guess. No, I think they just peeked through the windows. Um, In their yeah, defense... Exactly. I feel like they were remorseful, or are, or whoever still around, are remorseful. I mean, I get that, yeah. Um, they wanted to make a political statement. They did not want to take any lives. Uh, I think they were genuinely upset that they took the life of Robert Fosnott. That's not to say that they don't need to, you know, face some kind of consequences for that. Yeah, but it's like it's like this. It's like, that's not how society works. That's not right. how, like, you don't get to take the law into your own hands and do stuff like that. Correct, correct. Yeah, so if you wouldn't do stuff like that, they wouldn't have died. So, yeah. yeah. Obviously. 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 Yeah. Well, he would eventually end up in San Francisco. What's this in my finesse? <laughs> That's an old joke. San that no Francisco. One Where he was connected with the Symbionese Liberation Army. Pause. Who out there knows what the SLA was? Who remembers what the Symbionese Liberation Army was? Anybody? Anybody? 
Okay, for those of you who don't remember, the SLA was a radical left-wing organization that existed from the early to mid-70s that committed all kinds of violent acts, including bank robberies, assaults, and even moida. Moida. But they gained most of their notoriety when they kidnapped Patty Hearst. And this Mm. is the point when most of you might recognize it. She was the granddaughter of newspaper magnate William Randolph Hearst. Uh, We won't get into that because that could be a whole episode episode on so that's a huge sure freaking interesting as hell um anyway authorities eventually discovered he was back in toronto and he was arrested there on april 10th 1977 now shortly after the bombing the final two conspirators david fine and leo burt issued a communique justifying their action under the name quote vanguard of the revolution Just six days after the bombing, authorities received a tip that the pair were hiding out in an apartment building in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. As police were raiding the building, Fine and Bert made their escape out the back and eluded capture. Fine would spend another five and a half years on the run before finally being arrested in San Rafael, California on January 7th, 1976. I'm sorry. I'm not. But. Yes, go ahead. If you were going to raid a building... If you're going to raid a building... <laughs> and you've watched any cop you, show... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you not tell Billy... Maybe he's a new guy. He's yeah. not doing much. True. Hey, Billy, could you just walk around back and that's your spot? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Please, open up. <laughs> You knocked on Please the door. Open up. The guys, the boys think there's someone here. That's the, the dogs. Yeah. The dogs alert the bombers and they go out the back. That's they were part of my skit. Thanks, Diesel and Ziggy. End Thank you. scene. End scene. No more barking. We're all good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. You got bro. it. You got it. He was just knocking on the table. There's no one outside. It's good. No, bro. they knew it was up. It's we good. Talked little about man. that earlier. Okay. It's like you guys. Are you guys ready for your part? Oh yeah. We're but ready. yeah, man. I was born ready. No. Hey, now you're just being a prima donna. A prima donna. Hey, you got the part, Diesel. You got Diesel, it. Diesel, look at me, bro. Look at me, buddy. Hey, it's okay, man. There's you no did it. Outside. You okay. did it. But yeah, if you're about to raid a building in which you think these people wanted by the FBI, wouldn't you have <clears throat> every exit covered? Yeah, I would think so. All right, me too. So anyway, that leaves our fight. Helicopters then. True. I mean, I was just throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> but you... That leaves our final New Year's Eve gang confederate, Leo Burt. Yep. Old Leo Old Burt. Old backdoor Leo Burt. Backdoor Burt. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps... Oh, there's more There's some more for his profile. <laughs> we think he was into anal. We need to check bathhouses in San Francisco. <laughs> check every bathhouse from here to Oakland. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. We've got multiple guys in all of those, so we'll make sure to call them. <laughs> They're undercover. <sighs> Bert and Fine had left in a hurry back in 1970 as police were closing in on their apartment building, and Bert had left behind his wallet which contained a fake ID with the name Donald Eugene Fieldston. Mm. That sounds made up. Yep. 
Other than that tiny bit of evidence, since then, Leo Burt has effectively been a ghost. He was indicted on charges of sabotage, destruction of government property, and conspiracy, and spent six years on the FBI's most wanted list, and also has a $150,000 reward for his capture. But despite all this, and also being featured on Unsolved Mysteries, can't leave that out. Yeah, I've seen the episode. Yeah, me too, me too. Yep. Uh, he has successfully evaded capture for the last 50 years. He is the last of the anti-war radicals to remain at large. He, he's 72 if he's still alive. He's 72. Okay. At some point, it's got to be in a nursing home or something and admit it or you would think. At 72? Actually, you know, we we maybe the nursing the the nursing community maybe they should be let in on hey if some guy tells you that he's some FBI most wanted list guys what if what if that's happened before and the people are like oh that's old Jerry you know yeah he always acts like he's the bomber the Sterling Hall bomber you know I'm I'm wondered by the FBI it's like, oh, is it that nice? I Come am. over here. It's time for it's time no, for dinner. Listen, listen. Back in 1970, I I put a big middle finger up to Richard Nixon, and I put a bunch of shit in a van and blew up a building in Wisconsin. Yeah, 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 dearie. But uh, I, the question still remains: Do you want spaghetti or tacos tonight? Well, goddamn it! How long have I been in this facility? Tacos, you know me. <laughs> We're back to the bombing. So yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, could yeah. that could happen. I bet that little skits in scene. And scene. <laughs> I bet that little scene's happened before. <laughs> Not often. Honestly though, if you're in a nurse I don't know, maybe that's something new girl does. She's like, he said he's it's like that's what they all say stuff like that. Don't yeah. We? I'm very familiar with nursing homes because the last I don't god damn, how long? The last five or six years of my mom's life, mm-hmm. she was in the nursing home and I yeah, would go up there, there all the time. The time. Yeah. And man, I saw and heard some shit. I'll tell you that. Not from her, but just from other from some other folks. Uh for a publicity site, we should just take all our recording gear, set it up on a table in the nursing home. Donna Mantis Live from oh, the dude. What I, I, I don't know. And just start doing an episode. It's get we we showed up on Applesauce Day. Shit's about to get crazy. Just have some guy like comes up. Until it starts talking about the war and stuff. It might I'm be telling awesome. you, man, it, the, we need to hit it at like lunchtime when whenever we go into the commons, common area and there's a big screen TV mounted to the wall that's got gun smoke. Always yeah. some old black and white shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, although one time there was Ted. Ted was playing, you know, the teddy bear movie by <laughs> Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy. I was like, what the hell? But anyway, most of the time it no, was I like. I can't imagine that because that bear is smoking weed. And no, stuff. I swear to God. It was all people are like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Did know. They look at it like kind of confused. Uh, yes. I well, they don't. were always confused. I don't know what's going. But like on you know, there's a commons movie. area. There's a lot of people being fed applesauce by ladies wearing scrubs, and gun smoke is on the TV. And I'd be sitting there by my sweet mother, and and some guy would roll up in a wheelchair and say, you know, one time I was shot at by a Mexican man, and then. I graduated from college. And you just be yeah. like, oh, that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so. But what I if mean, some of the shit they said was true? Yeah, I mean, all that could have been. I mean. All of it. You just, uh, yeah, it might be an untapped resource to solve some of these cold cases. Because you would think when they'd get really old, they just wouldn't care anymore. Right. What are you going to do to me? 
I mean, there's the Bubba Hotep. That movie is basically based on that. There's a movie called Bubba Hotep. Yeah, he pretend he he was. Uh, it was Elvis. It was Elvis in the nursing home, <laughs> <laughs> and he he switched places with a uh, uh, Elvis impersonator the? <laughs> in the seventies because he was tired of all the stuff. I love that. So he's actually in there, and he's got a different name, and he 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 admits it. He's telling everyone I was the king. But then it's a movie about. A curse of Egypt or something? I can't remember that part, really. But I do remember it's a guy. Yeah, is that where the Hotep comes from? Yeah. Because Bubba makes sense, but it's usually not paired with Hotep. Yeah. That's a little different. That's a little different. But it's, uh, I can't remember the, what happened with the antagonists and stuff, but basically he's in a nursing home, and he's like telling everybody he's Elvis, and they don't believe him. It's kind of cool. Oh, real. Yeah, that's what he's like. Oh, he's be wearing a, glasses and be stuff. Bill generous with that jello there, uh. Yeah, no, he's he's like doing the jello. whole yeah, he's doing the whole impression and stuff. I've slept with over two. There's a conspiracy women. theory like that that he he switched with somebody because uh um and then they said for the thing that I read one time is that he uh he get for a while he went back to Vegas and he was like a Elvis impersonator but not a good one because he couldn't get the good gigs because they were like, Oh, it doesn't seem legit. That's you know? that would what the hell? Uh, uh Charlie Chaplin uh, was walking by and he saw a sign that said uh, Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest tonight. Have you heard this story? No. It's a true story. I read about it in his uh, biography. Uh, he entered it and came in third place. <laughs> Seriously. It's a true story. Oh, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. No, I'm not. That's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, maybe I need to verify, but but I'm pretty sure I did read his documentary. Years ago. It's been a long time ago. To think that Elvis could enter an Elvis impersonation contest and not win. I bet a lot of people could do that. I might might, uh, might love to the Queen of England in 1979. Because think about this. Do your best impression of you right now. Just Uh, be yourself. That would just be me being like, hey, my name's Joey, and I like Mystery Science Theater and Dr. Pepper. No, I'll buy it. It's not. (laughs) I know you almost better than anyone. He'd never say that. That that didn't even sound like you. That's, That's horrendous. Was that the best you can do? Yeah, that's true. Maybe you're right. <laughs> Golly, man. Listen to yourself every once in a while. You don't sound anything like that. It's true. I'm going to do an impression of me. Oh, Hello, my name is Don Mantis. Don't be that way. I don't, don't be that way. I mean, way. I'll flub some words. I'll, I'll be, I'll I'm going to do my impersonation of you. But okay? you know what they normally do? They uh, they normally, you know, SNL says, like, you just, even like SNL uh, uh, stars, and I'm thinking of, uh, who's a great, oh, oh, Bill Hader. Oh, he's great. Bill Hader said that him and Jim Downey, which the great Jim Downey, the writer of SNL for a long time, um, said that. Like, you don't have to sound just like someone. You have to get the handles of them. It's like, no one wants to hear, like, there's been great impressionists that are perfect, but they never get anywhere because, yeah, they might nail it perfectly, but they don't have the handles of it, and they don't know what to turn to 11 and what to turn down to, like, 4. I got you. You know, because almost like, think of Dana Carvey. I mean. Oh, dude. I mean, did George W. Bush didn't or no george bush didn't sound like that he sounded kind of like that are you ready for this what are you gonna do i'm gonna do my impersonation of you Uh oh (laughs) okay ready yeah welcome to dawn of mantis this is ivan and we are uh oh what do you say i don't ever say i don't even say my name welcome to dawn of mantis you can find us on twitter uh (laughs) facebook uh instagram 
uh, and all the other social media web pages. And you can also find us on www.dawnofmantis.com. How are we doing tonight, Joe? Had that way. Some of that's it? pretty good. Yeah, I was. I nailed it. I kind of sound. I kind of sound drunk a little uh, bit. But. That was a hundred. Well, I am drunk a little bit, but that sounded right on. You that got the right handles on. of it. I got the handles. You got the of handles. It. I got the love it. handles. Yeah. Are you still looking for that goddamn article? Uh, when Charlie Champ. Oh, he came in twentieth. Twentieth. Are this- you kidding me? Charlie Chaplin started appearing in his first films in 1914. Oh, that's not that. I know that. According to legend, somewhere between 1915 and 21, Chaplin decided to enter a Charlie Chaplin look like. According to legend. But lost badly. According to legend. That means like I heard this from my brother's sister's cousin's ex-roommate's landlord. Um, According to legend. Uh well hey you know let me keep looking let me no see. I'm not I'm not I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm probably really it says five it. this is five strange five facts. strange ba- facts this about is Charlie skeptics oh, hey let's let's no. finish up let's oh, no. finish up this is on skeptics dot it says no it didn't it happen says it's not it said it didn't happen I just lied to you but right. at least I have the the guts or the nuts <laughs> whatever you want to call them <laughs> to go in here and and verify it and come back how many people will do that now I'm now I'm like backpedaling big time but it's how okay. many people would just not take the time to even look it up and we did and you did you did you know and we found in real time that you were inaccurate and and you owned it and that's okay sir you owned it and that's okay i mean this is according to one article but um I guess I was lying when I said I read it in his, his biography, but I remember reading it. I just got the source wrong. Okay. But it's saying that it's probably not true. But boy, yeah, okay. All right. There. Well, it just says there's no direct record of it happening. All the claims are anecdotal. Yeah, but there's no direct record of our entire lives up to this point, is there? And they, that still happened. Well, <laughs> if you don't count birth certificate... <laughs> And census. Shut up, man. I was trying to help you. Social security cards. I know you're trying to help me. But there's there's no help for me. I, I'm just a human and I just proved how human I am. So I'm the most human human that you know of in this very second. And then next time in the next minute you're gonna meet another human that's more human than me. So don't worry about it. We're just all human. Yeah. We're the human league and we're not an eighties <laughs> band. Uh don't you want me, baby? baby? Don't you want me now? Don't you want... You were... I like that. This much is true. <laughs> I love that line in the song. <laughs> you were working as a waitress at a cocktail bar. This much is true. <laughs> the rest is a bunch of lie like Ivan's Charlie Chaplin story. <laughs> And he will prove it to you. I don't know. I love it. I love it. Life is fun. This is fun. It's a good episode. It is fun. So back to what we're talking about. Carl Armstrong. Carl Armstrong was sentenced to 23 years in prison, but only served seven. After his release, he returned to Madison, where he has lived an uneventful law-abiding life ever since. For a time, he operated a juice cart by the university campus. And in the early 2000s, owned a sandwich shop called the shop called the Radical Rye. <laughs> Don't you called the Radical Rye? Don't Radical Rye, get it? He even incorporated Radical. He was a he was a radical. Oh, he owned a sandwich a, called the Radical Rye. He was giving it away. He was owning it, man. Oh man! And this was just a short distance from the building that he attempted to blow up. 
To this day, he regrets the death and injuries he helped inflict, but but stands by his original cause. He says the Revolutionary Act was necessary and that they had good intentions. He expresses sympathy for Stephanie Fosnott, that's Robert's widow, who never remarried, never remarried after her husband was killed in the blast, but has also applauded Leo Burt for being able to remain free for so long. So it's weird because I watched... Yeah, I don't regret it, but I applaud Leo Burt for hiding like a coward, not owning up to their mistake. I applaud that, man. It's a little weird because in that in that interview with CBS that P-H-U-K, I watched... UK that guy. The only time he tears up was when he talks about Leo Burt asking, should I light this fuse? And he, he when he tears up when he says... That's when I said, I think I know what war is all about. Like he's he's full of this this nostalgia for the anti-establishment revolutionary act that they were about to do to rail against the Vietnam War. He doesn't tear up when he talks about Robert Foss not dying or the other people being injured. And so th- you're saying he's all about himself. He I, regrets. That's what it kind of sounds like. And then at the very end, they would say they they asked him. Do you have any words for Leo Burt, you know, who's the only one of y'all that has not been caught yet? And he said he kind of gets a like a twinkle in his eye and he says, I would tell Leo, good job. Good job for not for remaining free. That's what he says. That's what he says. So since that time, he has stopped giving interviews in his words for out of respect for Stephanie uh, Fosnot, you know, the the widow of the person that he helped kill. Um, and maybe he has had a change of heart, but according to that one interview I saw, which was, it was some years ago, um, it was sketchy, you know, like at times he sounded like he had remorse, but then he would say weird things like that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I said the lottery thing, greatest day of my life. That would be a good time to say it's the biggest mistake of my life. I wish I was never associated with all that. I, but what he wanted to do is save, like, he. some people don't want to boil down to their lowest point and say, com, just admit they're just a complete in the wrong 100%. It's hard to do that. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's never really done that. So, to me, it's kind of like the thing, like, yeah, I, I broke the coffee cup, but I did because you wouldn't, you know, you stepped on my puppy's tail last time when you were when you came home drunk yeah you know it's like you're you're just an irrational person that won't admit like yeah you admit it you did it but you have feel like you have some kind of reason for doing it you are not a changed person until you not only admit your mistakes but take complete ownership of them yeah and complete responsibility yeah i'm really really big on that and there's been a couple of instant because i've done i really feel like i've done that i've sure. messed up a few times in my life and I've went on like apology tour. Like this last time, I felt like every person I saw, I just wanted to just confess everything. And it just, you know, the more I apologized and confessed and and told everything, it felt like you know, like more weight being lifted off. Yeah. Of yeah. So there's been a few instances in my life in the last year or two where people have supposedly been like, "Hey, you know, uh, let's reconcile or whatever." And I'm if if I don't see. Any if you if you're not even taking responsibility or owning like what you did wrong, you're not a different person. You're yeah. not changed. You're not, you know, uh, sympathetic. You're not sure. apologetic. Yeah. No. But, uh, I and and yeah. You've you've got to pick your um, 
associates knows, asks, well. What? What you you got to pick your associates well, and you got to think about long-term implications of that. Oh, for sure, yes. And sometimes it's just good to shut the door and slam yeah. it and never open it. I'd say that. But with some people, it's it's best. You need to. Uh, well, back to this guy. It's like the thing with this guy is like the fact that it accidentally killed people, even though it's an accident, that invalidates your point. You can't say, well, it needed to be done in it. We sent a message with that. Yeah, you sent a message that you don't take the law into your own hands. You don't have some kind of stance and you don't bomb a random building because of your stupid stance. Your your stance might have been smart to some degree, but now it's stupid and idiotic and selfish and because you killed somebody that had a family in the beginning of their life, ruined that family's life. So your point doesn't matter anymore and you're twinkling your eye for Leo Burt Please go off yourself if you're not already dead because Please. you're because you're just a you're just a worthless stain on the on the on the on the pants pocket of existence that <laughs> that that shout won't get out. No, in the underwear of existence. Let's say Oh that. yeah, that's even you're better. You're just a stain in the underwear of existence. Yeah. Yeah, those underwear will never be the same. They'll never be white again because you're you're oozing you're oozing like soul got into the fibers of that of those BVDs. And yes. That, and they're ruined because of you. Yes. Always remember, if you got a booty itch, don't just dig from the outside if you got your white BVDs on. <laughs> You're never going to be the same again. And that's another story, but <laughs> it's still valid. You ever, at the end of the day, you take your underwear off before you take a shower? Oh, and you're like, no. I'll just fold these up and put them here because I don't want the wife to see that. Anyway, what are you drawing over there? What are you drawing over there? I drew, uh, it's supposed to be a man and a woman. It looks like two dudes. I they're, thought it was two dudes from here. I want to I, I say that. They were kissing and their tongues got tied up and then I drew a heart around them. <laughs> One of them looks kind of like Professor X. Sort of. He's bald, and the other one is curly. This one looks like some '80s guitarist. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the guitarist from uh, Def Leppard. So it's the guitarist from Def Leppard and Phil Anselmo, or whatever his name was, from Pantera, uh, <laughs> making out, and their tongues are tied. So it looks like to me from here. I'm just from yeah. across the table. And I'm going to write, rock and roll will never die. Rock and roll will never die. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. Let's finish it. Uh, Dwight Armstrong pled guilty and was sentenced to seven years, but was out in three. A few years later, after his release, he was arrested once again in Indiana, this time for conspiring to distribute amphetamines. That's that's that old math. And sent back to prison. After his second release, he returned to Madison and drove a cab until eventually co-owning Radical Rye with his brother Carl. Dwight contracted lung cancer and passed away on June 20th, 2010, at just 58 years of age. So that leaves David Fine, who was also sentenced to seven years for his part in the bombing, and he was also out in three. He ended up in Oregon, where he uh, went to law school and passed the bar exam in 1987, but he was denied admission on the grounds that he... And this is, quote, had failed to show good moral character, end quote. Final, uh, I'm sorry, Fine appealed the decision to the uh, Oregon Supreme Court, but it was upheld. He refuses to speak about the Sterling Hall bombing. <laughs> yeah, um, he was like 18 when this shit went down. You know, should this really haunt him for the rest of his life? Yep. Okay. Because I, <laughs> I made, I, you know, I stole some road signs and stuff when I was like, 
just started driving 16, 17, might have been 18. Uh, I did some bad stuff. I mean, I treated some people like crap, and I I did some reckless driving and drinking and all kinds of bad thing, but bad things. But I never put a bomb in a building <laughs> where people could have been. I mean, come on. I mean, I get what you're saying, and, and I, I, you know, I get. I know where you're coming from on this. Like, should something haunt you for the rest of your life? Murder when you're 18? Yeah, probably. Uh, it's not. It's not exactly accidental death. I mean, bombs kill people. So when you're dumb enough to put a bomb in a building, you basically murdered people. Yeah. You know. I. But I. You know. I. I see kind of what you're saying, but. I just think about when I was like 20, 19, 20, 21. You were there, you know. I mean, you you've known me since I was about twenty, about twenty years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, you remember that van we had that we painted yeah. flames on? Yeah. You know, we would drive that van down back roads. <clears throat> One guy would drive, and then the other or the others would 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 open the back doors up to this van and shoot mailboxes with with shot with twenty uh, twos. We did that. Um, we rode off the top of my house with with wheelchairs. You know what I mean? I thought there was a Bigfoot. I thought there was a Sasquatch in my back field in the woods. And I would literally at night go out there. And when I heard crumpling in the leaves, I would just shoot my gun into the darkness. Like, what if there just would have been a guy, you know, walking around back there? Uh, of course, first off, he had no business doing that. But secondly, you know, I could have killed him completely, like inadvertently. So, you know, I've done tremendously stupid things. Um, thank God no one was ever, like, injured or killed. I actually have injured a few people, but it was on accident, pure accident. Um, but you're right. It is different when you're, like, setting a bomb off in a building. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I hate to say it, but not just what happened or, or the intent, but it's the result. So the result is a family, the Fosnot family, is ruined because you had some kind of pretentious, like, um, idea that you were going to save the world and you didn't think this thing out. I mean, uh, you know, there's other ways to, to, to make a difference. Um, you know, education. I mean, that's one, uh, uh, you know, getting in local government and, and be, you know, anytime you get into the politics and you're actually the, the good guy and you actually stay the good guy and you can't be bought. I mean, I'm sure that happens sometimes. I mean, it's just like there are ways and just being a good family man like Fosnot wanted to be, uh, that changes things just a little bit. It plants a seed in, in the gardens of everyone's minds that's around you. So if you really want to change things, you don't have to be some uh, uh, a sniffly-nosed college kid with some kind of grand ambition. We'll blow this building up and that will send a message like, yeah, it's, it's not sending the message that you want to send. It's not this. People don't, after something like that, they don't just, like, wake up. E okay, let's say you blow up the building and there's no one in there. Okay, so, smart guys, how many times has a building blown up, like, hit someone to the core and, and, and oh, I'm going to change the way I do things. The world's messed up. Did you see that empty building that was blown up? That really put things in perspective for me. No, that doesn't do anything. They're just going to say some idiot put a bomb in it and it <laughs> blew up. It doesn't, it won't change anything. In fact, you did change things by killing that in those innocent people. And that didn't even change things the way you think. I mean, it's, it's, 
all you did was ruin a family. So, um, you know, it's, you had plenty of time to back out of it. Um, it's, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, I fell asleep driving and I killed another driver or I, I, you know, um, a a short lapse of judgment. I mean, you had to plan all this and like drive up, light the fuse and all. It's like, to me, I have almost zero remorse or zero, uh, sympathy, sympathy for this, for this, yeah, for this group. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Cause it's like, you, you just wanted to pretend like you're smarter than everyone else. Like we'll do this. And and our message will will get out there to every. It's like no, it won't. It's just a bomb. No, and it's your. It doesn't spread a message. It spreads shrapnel. Yeah, it's it's it so like stupid. That. Yeah, you know, it just good. drives me crazy that yeah. people that you know you're just pretentious. Just be a good person, and you can change things. You know. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I do know. So. <laughs> Uh, okay. That's all I got. Like I know. I, I'm seven Bud Lights in. I, I'm. It's, <laughs> it's like listening to him. Fill my lips. Um, <laughs> despite their failed objectives in in destroying the AMRC and not harming anyone, I guess the New Year's gang could claim some sort of victory. I don't know what it would be. They did. Um, the army math yeah, murder. Well, the only thing that they accomplished the the AMRC was phased out by the Department of Defense shortly after the bombing. Yeah, but not because of the bombing. That's what they. I mean, I think they'll claim a victory for that. But yeah, I mean, they organizations and stuff like that goes away due to all kinds of things. It's not like at some level, some group of decision makers are like, yeah, that bombing thing was kind of a bad thing way to shut this thing down. Now, okay, let's say let's say for um argument's sake it did uh, argument's sake it did make some kind of difference like that organization you get rid of there's 10 others to take their place. Oh yeah, it's not like the entire US military was pinning every, you know, everything they had on this one little college in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. The Army oh yeah. Research. No, yeah. I, I mean it's 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 just it's oh, just so the, the entire Vietnam war effort effort has crumbled because of this. You know what it reminds me of? Yeah, no, there's no way. You know what it reminds me of? It's just like this saying and, and this kind of thought and I can't I can't think of someone else that's quoting that that said this, but I can kind of like stumble around it. Like this idea that like you need to get in your head like ultimately you're just another ant in the colony and and if you can't do too much if you go to do too much like i mean you you can do a lot and you don't have to be the the ant that lays around in bed all the time and does nothing or well your ant bed i guess your little ant bed <laughs> your little ant bed taking your ant ambient you know <laughs> your ant being no i'm sorry <laughs> But you can do a lot, but I mean, ultimately you're part of a collective massive hive Yeah. and like they thought by this bombing that they were going to be pushed up like above so many more people. I mean, there are celebrities and there are infamous and famous people that that's true, but most people, even if you take everyone that would be, I don't know how you gauge this, but take everyone in the world that's that's famous right now. And then you divide that by the total total population. That percentage is going to be 
super small. Tiny, tiny, tiny. So just get just get over the fact you're not going to be famous. These guys are infamous. That's what happened. They want to be famous, and they're now they're infamous. Yeah. You know, it's like correct. It's like you know, just uh, just accept your spot in the hive and be a good person, and don't make bombs, and don't be stupid, and and uh, you can make a difference in your little camp with your little campfire. You start making your campfire too big, you start going to other people's campfire, and you let your own campfire die out, and then you, you know. It, then you become, like I said, infamous. You, you just, you just, you did too much. You, you, you can't do that much. Be the change you want to see in the world. It's like that old. Listen, that's Diesel again. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's like the old, uh, the old song in church. What kind of church would my church be if every single person was just like me? So you want to be the person, be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> you remember that song? We never st- sang that song. St- <laughs> We sung that Jesus will work for you. And we thought when everyone, you know how people in church, they don't really sing together. It's just like kind of pretty close, but not. We always thought it sounded like people were saying, we'll work for food. Oh, my God. And so it's a Jesus will we'll work, work for food. And we would sing it loud and proud. And those old people right next to us wouldn't even realize it. Because yeah. we were little kids in we church. We used to do that shit, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like your little. <laughs> yeah. We had we had alternate versions to a ton of songs. Yeah. Me, we did, too. We, we'd always say, how great thou art. <laughs> yeah. How great thou art. I remember that. We always wanted to stress that T. Yeah. Yeah, we loved it. I remember doing that (laughs) crap. Oh, my God. I can't think of any more. I need to message some of my uh, former churchy friends. We did fun stuff. There was one that's like a tree that's planted in the waters. We shall not be moved. Do you remember that one? I do remember that one, yeah. Yeah. Kind of get a gross That's on page 68. I remember Page 60. Turn to page 68 of your hymnals. Yeah. And you ever gonna... get loud guy right behind you? Who oh, thinks yeah. he can sing, but he's like. It's like, dude, do you see these notes? They actually go up and down. That's what your voice does. And then there were the off clappers. You don't have to be able to. Oh, off clappers. Like the whole crowd is clapping. And then there's like two people that are clapping on that offbeat. And you're yeah. like, where the hell are you They're from? not doing that on purpose because my friends and I did that on purpose. Oh, we yeah. thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Can I tell a story real we quick? We kind of jazzed it. And we did it. We we were talking about it. We, did it. we were all band nerds and we did like a swing beat. So we was like, man, we're, we're swinging this thing. Hey, hey, that's kind of more like a uh, yeah, oh, Frank yeah. Sinatra sitting yeah, on the piano. It a, uh. Hey, try the veal. I'll be here all night. Try a cocktail. All right. Welcome to Las Vegas. First time. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. Light my cigarette. The all swing. Right. Okay. The swing's awesome. Uh, you know, not to do like some, not to get like big time into jazz, but like the triple it. It's like three eighth notes, dot, dot, dot. But then you're like, dot, 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 dot. You know, triple it. Triple and it's oh, just yeah. like a little bit of swing on the middle one, which actually changes the song and makes it a lot cooler. So, uh, yeah, the triplet. The triplet. Triplet. Yeah, the reason why you say, yeah. no, not triplet. I've always thought about That's triplet. A, uh, <laughs> the reason why you say it, triplet, tri- because you swing it like you say it. So you can teach somebody to play it. You're, you're saying triplet. 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 Twins, Basil. Twins. Twins. Triple up, Basil. Can I tell you a really quick story before we shut it out? Yeah. Is that a churchy? No. Okay. No, I'm ready for it, though. Do you know my uh, my neighbor that was pretty close to that passed away recently? 
Yeah. Jeff. Yeah. So his widow. Yeah. Uh, she she calls me up the other night. I, I think she'd be okay with me telling this. And she, all she said was, would you like to come down? Uh, I think it was Saturday night. I don't remember what night it was. Let's say Saturday. And uh, we're going to have a little fire celebration for Jeff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. That's all she said. So I go down there that night. And it's uh, it's just her and me and then her dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, her dad is a very old man. He's got really long hair, really long white hair, long white beard. Old man. Pretty cool. Uh, he's here from New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's lived in New Mexico forever. And he said he used to live near a Lakota reservation out mm-hmm. there. And he said he became really close with them. And he sat in on a bunch of their rituals. So what's ironic is, you know, we had that one episode we did on uh, on this podcast on different death rituals from different cultures and stuff. Yeah. Well, I inadvertently, kind of out of nowhere, ended up uh, finding myself in a kind of like a Lakota death celebration ritual. Ah. I, I promise you. I, did, I saved this story for the podcast. I wanted to tell you so bad, but I was like, no, I wanted to be or- organic. Yeah, I'm ready. So we he made the fire, even as he built it, he built it in a certain way. So there was like sticks, logs, and then there was a couple of big rocks placed in the middle and then more sticks. And he lights it, and I, I don't know if I remember everything correctly, but I think he said one was the, the father stone and the grandfather stone or something like that. Hopefully I'm, this is not something I'm not supposed to talk about or something. But... It's it probably, probably goes way back to the ancient rituals, yes. not to talk about it on a podcast. Maybe so, but I'm going to. It's, they're probably... <laughs> it was very cool. So he's And he's dead serious, man. He's sure. dead serious. He said, what we're doing here is we're setting up a, 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 an environment in which spirits will feel welcome. Hopefully the spirit of of Jeff, right? Of, yeah. Of who we're, of who we're trying to contact. Um, and I'm just sitting there like, this is amazing. This is so, yeah. much. I oh, did yeah, not cool. know this was going to happen. So this is awesome. Yeah. So he lights the fire, um, as or just before he lights it, I apologize. He asks, uh, my, my, my neighbor, uh, his widow to, uh, he has like a turtle shell with, 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 uh, 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 sage in it. Uh-huh. We light it and she walks around like in a circle around this campfire with the sage Really cool, and I don't want to get too woo woo, but I've actually we've burned sage in our house and stuff before, so yeah. it's super it's supposed to be super powerful. Yeah, she does that. He lights the fire, and he's just telling me, "Okay, now what we've done as as the fire's burning, he has like these pouches, and he's like taking stuff out of each pouch and sprinkling them in the fire. He's like, this is this is cedar pulp, this is whatever, this is whatever." He said, "We're gonna." The spirits are going to talk to us through the fire. He's like, I don't know if it'll be sound or if we're looking into the fire and we see something. Just pay attention to the fire. Really crazy. Uh, at one point now, and this is this is what's so weird and crazy and cool. Uh, he actually sprinkles some of uh, my our friend's ashes into the fire. For they had some of those there, right? And not only that, this is crazy. S- such a crazy world. They had some ashes of... Uh, my my neighbor's widow, my friend, uh, her younger sister was murdered many years ago. Still had her, you know, they still have some of her ashes. They sprinkled hers in there too. There's actually a, t- this, people aren't even, aren't even going to believe me. 
But there's actually a documentary about this girl's murder on Netflix. And I think it's, or is it Hulu? I don't remember what venue it's on, but I think it's called, there's two documentaries. One is called Bad Blood, and I think the other is called Swamp Murders. But the, this this woman was murdered in, in Florida by her husband. It's it's a crazy story. My neighbor was actually in the documentary. It's This is nuts. But anyway. Wow. Yes. I know. It's getting Should so, have her on. I know, right? She lives literally like half a mile from here. But anyway. Yeah. We sprinkle some of her ashes in, right? And so at the whole time we're doing this, you know, the old man is telling us, is explaining how this, this ritual works and we're doing this for this and whatever. And uh, so what's crazy is, and, and and everything in my body tells me that this was a coincidence, but like I, what we said on the last episode, there's part of me that's way more into this woo-woo shit lately. <laughs> so she's, she's like, I'm going to tell you one of Jeff's favorite stories. And uh, the story, I'll just tell the punchline so I don't go on forever. But she said every time I would tell this story, he would lose it. He would just laugh so hard, and he loved it. So the punchline was when she she said this. She said, and I told him 59 candles would melt an ice cream cake really quick. She said, okay, so that's the punchline that she told me. And the minute she said that and started to laugh, the fire, like, exploded. It, it That's all I can say. It, it exploded. And sparks went like 20 feet in the air, and some of the logs went outside of the ring of raw. It was freaking crazy. It was crazy. And me and her jumped back, like, you know, because we were genuinely surprised. And the old man didn't, he was just like, oh, that was Jeff. Like, it was like, like he expected it. Like, he's like, oh, that was him. Because because it was his favorite story. Anyway, I just had to share that because that just happened to me literally just a few nights ago. And uh, it was so crazy, and uh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. It, it was just a really cool experience that kind of was bestowed upon me out of nowhere, and uh, it was really wow. interesting. And yeah, man, I know it's you know it's where like the the scientific half of your brain is like, well, there was the two stones inside the the logs, and one of those is eventually going to pop, or you know something caused that. But then there's the woo woo part of my brain that was just like. The ritual worked, you know, like he yeah. came through, he was there and I know better, but I just like, oh my God, that was so awesome. So anyway, I just thought that was a pretty yeah, cool. The timing was almost perfect. The right? timing or was, ti- or not almost perfect. It was perfect. It was right on the money. It was, it could not have been more on cue. It could not have been. It, it's just so crazy. But anyway, and and but the biggest kick of it all was when the old man was just like, oh, it's Jeff. You know, like he didn't even, he wasn't even phased. Yeah. Because he's been through so many of these. He told me, you know, he sat through dozens of these. So ceremonies. his daughter was murdered? Um, Stepdaughter. Oh, stepdaughter. Okay. Yeah. So the, the widow to my uh, neighbor, her, it was her, uh, I think, youngest sister was, hmm. was murdered. Yeah. And uh, it was weird because several years ago I asked, I asked my neighbors like, hey, where's, I haven't seen your wife in a few days. And just like out of nothing, like, like it was no big deal. It was like, oh, she's down. She flew down to Florida to film some documentary. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? Yeah, you it's know, like, some doctor. Uh, I'm the true crime guy, so I know, I'm interested. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, her sister was murdered in this. Wow. And I was just like, uh, excuse me. So, I, of course, I immediately, as soon as it came out, you know, watched, bought and watched the documentary. Wow, that's crazy. It's a very small world, but, yeah, yeah. it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, man, that is crazy. We, You know what? We should actually do a, a uh, sure. episode on that someday. Yeah. And we could have a couple parter and then have her come down and we can interview her. Yes. So, you know, I'll I'll end with this. Yeah. Maybe the creepiest part of that all, of all that, right, is back then when she was murdered, 
in that area, her mother lived there too, right by her. And uh, she had a parrot. Mm-hmm. Do you know where I'm going with this? Uh, your parrot? Yeah. Really? Yes. My daughter's parrot was given to us by these people. She's 40. She was born. She has a, uh, 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 her birth date is on her anklet. It's 1974. So she's 46. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Parrots can live to be like 75 or 80 years old, by the way. Yeah. So that's one thing that my my wife and I, after the, after the documentary looked at each other and we were like, oh my God, was our, was not our parrot's name is Nana. Was Nana there? You know, was Nana around when that happened? I don't know why to me that just seems like a freaking insane notion. Like my daughter's parrot that lives in her bedroom that she like yeah. cuddles with and does high fives with and talks to us and stuff. This parrot says like like literally 30 what if she is like, things. I saw my daughter. <laughs> Be like, you get a notepad. Tell me about this. No, there's a few things the bird says. I swear to God that after we watched that episode, there's a few things she says that have nothing to do with anything around us. Like she'll say, hello, Cap. Hello, Cap. Hello, Cap. Hello, Cap. And I was I just told my wife, I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if like this guy's there's a there's a specific suspect. It was John Kaplan. Yes. They call him Cappy. Yes. That's what we thought. Like, oh, my God. What if the guy's nickname was Cap or something? That's insane. I know that's probably a long shot, but. And then to to bring it all home, you like there's a knock in the door in the middle of the night or whatever. And the bird's going crazy. Hello, Cap. Hello, Cap. You're like. Don't answer. That's so insane. I don't think she would care about me talking about that at all. Um, I don't think she would because she went on a she you know she was oh, a yeah. part of a documentary about it. She'd probably rather talk to you about it than some strange Hollywood people. Or yeah, you know, I might talk to we might we might do an episode on that one day. That'd be awesome. And I'll and I'll have her come in here and and uh, and talk because she she was here at the time of the murder, but she flew down there. And what, she was when there. was it? Oh God! I want to say it was late '90s or early 2000s. Yeah, it was a ways back. Wow, it was a ways back. Yeah, yeah, that's anyway. crazy. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Sterling Hall bombing that all had everything to do with that. Well, we're gonna wrap up this episode about the <laughs> Sterling Hall bombing. Hope you enjoyed us sticking to that topic and none, no other topics. But in all seriousness, uh, rest in peace, Robert Fosnot. Mm, yes. Um. He was murdered in 19... So, he would, golly, if he would have lived, he'd be 83 today. Isn't that crazy? Because he was 33 at the time of the murder. Yeah, but I just think about his kids and his grandkids. I mean, yeah. they just missed out on... on uh, he sounded like he's an awesome guy. He's up there just trying to work last minute, you know? Isn't that sad? Because that's the only reason he was there. He went in early to make up his work so that he and his family could drive to San Diego that the next day. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Cause I just, you know, when I read about that, I was picturing, you know how it is right before a vacation. Like everyone's excited. We're getting ready. We're packing stuff. Sure. And Oh, we're de- well we got to finish packing. Cause dad went into work and he's working late, but you know, he's got yeah. a couple hours of sleep and then we're going to go to San Diego tomorrow. Yeah. And then he dies. Yeah. You know, so Man. I do. I don't even know if Stephanie Fosnot is still alive at, in yeah. tw- at this time in 2020. But yeah. Anyway, I just feel so bad. Like you yeah, said, I feel terrible, it's terrible for that family. Yep. Yep. So anyway, yeah. Um. Hopefully, we did it justice in this drunken rant and <laughs> and our meandering. But if you've listened to one episode, you know how they all go. And if that's you right. either like it or you don't, we don't give a shit either way. But hopefully, you do. Um. But yeah, that's all I've got on the Sterling Hall bombing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for us tonight, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Nighty night, folks. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.